Hello there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name, it is Tom Chick. My game of the week, it is not Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, well, oh, oh wow, what a nice fake out. Uh, hi, I'm Jason McMaster. You may remember me from being Jason McMaster. And my game of the week is not Crystal Castles. Hi, my name is Rudy Basso. My game of the week is not Orion Dino Beatdown. Is that a real thing, Rudy? Yeah, it's this terrible co-op shooter where you fight dinosaurs. When they released it, it was just a buggy mess. And, uh, yeah, that's why it's not my game. Everything you said except the buggy mess part made me think I should play it. Yeah, I know. I got really excited and convinced several of my friends that we needed to play it. Because it's got vehicles and... T-Rexes and jetpacks. I'm sold, I'm sold. Yeah. Where, where do I get this? Where do You've I go? You've been warned. That's all I'm going to say. It's one of those things where like, you squander all of your like months of gaming recommendation cred. You get all your friends on board, and it's awful, and they don't trust you. For, and you got to like build up that reputation again. One of those kind of things, Rudy. That's exactly what it is. They do not trust me at all. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So, Rudy, we uh, are glad you uh, did not get uh, wiped out by... Uh, it wasn't even Hurricane Sandy, was it? It was Super Storm, Storm Sandy, because you were... Yes. Now, what... Uh, you're in, like, New Jersey, which is one of the five boroughs of New York or something? <laughs> How does it's, all that work out there? It's New York's little brother. <laughs> um, I live in northern New Jersey, and pretty much the entire state was hit. Uh, you know, I have friends... I was just in Philadelphia last weekend, and they had some issues all the way up to Long Island and parts of New York. Issues basically meaning like no power. Exactly. That's exactly what the issues were. Right. Uh, By the way, I want to thank your fine governor for uh, (laughs) helping with the election. Yeah. That was very kind of him. That was, yeah. He definitely. Yeah. At least. I mean, that's. That's, no, he's, uh, that, that makes you respect Chris Christie, though. I mean, yeah, whether or not you agree with what he was saying, he at least stands up for his people and his job instead of the politics of it. So you can't really take that from him. Yeah. yeah, he's always been very straightforward. Last year during Hurricane Irene, you know, there was this quote of him, or his video of him saying, get the hell off the beaches. It's not <laughs> I remember sad. that. I remember seeing <laughs> that. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Uh, so, Rudy, what was your experience in Superstorm Sandy? Uh, you mentioned to me that it affected your gaming habits briefly. What what happened there? I feel really guilty because uh, I lost power for three hours, and that was it. For um, what? Did you say 38 hours? I said three hours. Three hours without power. Oh, that's it, yeah. No, I don't. What would I do? I mean, that that would stress the battery life of any laptop I have in this house. Yeah. Oh, Hopefully, it's, it's murder. I, hopefully my iPad would be charged and I'd be okay. Uh, the PSP, forget that. That's not going to last that long. Uh, yeah, so so without power for three hours, how then could that affect your gaming habits beyond uh, you had to break out a DS or whatever? Well, my power came back, but at my job, they did not have power for the entire week. Mm. Which means I had off for the entire week. Sweet, I yeah, see. Yeah, which means I played a lot of video games. 
Now, uh, is one of the games that you played going to be your game of the week, or should we ask you now what you did with your week? I think that was not officially released, my game of the week, during Sandy. So, no, that was Interesting. We now know that Rudy Basso's Game of the Week will be a new release. Mm. I think, I don't know, maybe it was. That that whole week was just a blur for me, Tom. Okay, so let's let's look back to that blur, Rudy. Uh, What do you recall about what you did? Rudy Basso, you've got a week where you don't have to go to work. What do you play in that week? I got Hotline Miami, and I played Mm, it through all day, one day. So... Uh, is Hotline Miami, let's talk briefly Hotline Miami, sexy soundtrack, okay. of course, I love the retro graphics. Uh, I've done a few, like maybe five of the little, I guess they're missions or chapters. Uh, does it get repetitive? How does that bear up over time? There's a sense of wanting to, I don't know, uh, you unlock, excuse me, you unlock weapons as you go through the game, you unlock masks, mm-hmm. and I was really driving, the story kind of had, it had me interested and I was waiting for this big moment of catharsis or something where it's like, yes, I get it. But it, I don't know. It never really came for me. And I was expecting some sort of criticism uh, or some sort of point to be made. And the game just kind of ended without that happening. And I was kind of disappointed. I, I did enjoy it. I like the mechanics. I like that, you know, it's point-based, which is neat to try and beat your score. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just kind of sucked me in. And I'm like, I have to beat this now. And, but but it sounds like you're saying the payoff you expected never quite showed up. Yeah, that's okay. exactly. I, I think of Deus Ex Human Revolution and playing through that and being so super satisfied with mm-hmm. the ending mm-hmm. and not getting that at all with Hotline Miami. And apparently there's a secret third ending. Which ah, so maybe, end. yeah, maybe you haven't finished it technically. <laughs> well, you have to go back through the entire game and collect puzzle or like letters and figure out a puzzle and it sounds like a lot of work and i'm, I'm just not right i could do it again uh the thing with that amount of work it like it doesn't seem like hotline miami has the i want to say robust gameplay or it, it doesn't seem like it would bear up under replays that that well which is one of the, the reasons i was wanting to ask you about the longer haul with it uh yeah like you wouldn't want to go back through and collect letters um uh, all right, so what else did you play? You have a week off, uh, Hotline Miami. That's probably like one and a half days, maybe. What else yeah. did you do with your week? I was doing a lot of PlanetSide 2, which I uh, I bought into the beta. I didn't know you could just buy in. Huh. Yeah, if you a lot of games are doing this. MechWarrior did it, too, where if you yeah. buy their you know, super pack, they'll let you get instant access. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of my friends are doing it, so I jumped in on that. And they're in, like, Texas and stuff. So, like, what do you... Why are you on right now? And I'm like, I'm good, guys. Let's play. <laughs> so, uh, is that how you talk to your friends in Texas? By the way, there was even a little bit of a twang there, Rudy. Like you felt like you needed to use that to communicate with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you if you need to borrow McMaster in Planetside Two, he can just follow you around and carry your stuff. Oh, I was I was pretty good at Planet Sides. So I don't want to hear any of your guff, chick. <laughs> McMaster, we just need you to to drive the. Uh, the big wheel truck. And, uh, you need me to drive the Mag Rider. That's yeah, the Mag Rider. There you go. Just, and stay in the driver's seat. We're going to be over here fighting. If we need to beat a hasty retreat, just park with you know the nose out of the parking spot and get ready. Right here. And don't fiddle, McMaster, with the presets on the radio, okay? Because I have yeah, those I set on the stations that I want. Don't mess with them. Okay? All right. All right. God, <laughs> let me take some notes. 
Uh, okay, so Rudy, you got a little Planet Side two, and that's still so that's in beta. When, what's their deal right now? Do they have a hard uh, release date? Yeah, or they, the twentieth. It's um, a week oh next week. Or, yeah. Oh, holy cats! Wow, that's McMaster, were you aware of this? Did you know in, in McMaster that in a week we're supposed to be playing Planet Side two? No, uh, actually, no, I did not know that. Uh, I guess I should probably have read some of the emails. All right. I've been in. I mean, I've been in the beta. I've played some of it. I, I mean, I like it. It's uh, you know, it's Planet Side, which I dig. Uh, did you guys have any performance issues? Or yes, had, you did. Ah, Rudy, what about for you? How how did it run for you? No, it ran fine for me. I mean, I've been playing recently, so I'm sure it's yeah, it's, it's probably yeah, yeah. I haven't played in a couple of weeks at least, so I mean, it's probably been through quite a few. Uh, updates since my last play. They just released the third continent very close before official launch. Um, Have they got they've they've got all the max suits fixed and everything? Like, can the um... oh, there was a big problem with grenades where you would throw a grenade and it wouldn't actually leave your body, so it would explode <laughs> on you. And when you're hiding behind a rock, like twenty guys. That's pretty bad. And then it kills like your little team. Grief. Yes. Now that's what I call a sticky bomb. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, the the reason I ask is because, like, when I first started playing the beta, I jumped into a Vanu uh, Max, which pretty much is like the worst Max ever. Uh, But it can fly. (laughs) We're supposed to, and it couldn't at the time. And I remember just trying to fly while everybody shot me and I cried. Yeah, I don't play Vanu. It's like. Blue guys. I was clicking the fly button, and I was just standing there. McMaster, when we play, we need you to test the grenades, by the way, first. I want oh, you to I run know. out there and throw a few grenades, let us know if they work. If we see you explode, we'll know they did not work. You might want to remember this game does have griefing in it. <laughs> there, there is friendly fire, so. Let's just so, yeah. so, McMaster, you're in front. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to be shooting you. Also, right. McMaster, when you're driving, don't mess with the seat. I, I have that set for my height, for my comfort Can level. You Don't imagine me driving something that is set for your height and comfort level. Don't fiddle it's with a the battle. And we also actually don't fiddle with the lumbar support. I have that exactly how I want it. Okay. So it would be like that scene from Snatch with Tyrone where he's driving a little <laughs> car around, you know, and he's trying to get out to escape. <laughs> All right. So Except we'll. And we'll be doing that next week. Uh, so, Rudy, you also wanted to ask you about, uh, didn't you jump into some Guns of Icarus, the blimp I game? How yeah. is that? Because that's one that I, I'm... Humanity. Yeah, I don't have room on my plate right now to try that, but I'm intrigued by it. So, as my Guns of Icarus, uh, l- let me experience it vicariously through you. How is that? I, uh, it's... I like what they're doing. I like mm-hmm. four-person airships. I like, um, you know, someone's steering the ship and we're on the guns and someone else is running around fixing stuff that blows up. But it, it does feel unpolished. Like, there's some really annoying things going on there where, like, you'll, you'll be a loading screen and it'll give you a description of the map and then it'll just cut off in the middle of the, the description. Like, uh, it won't be complete. And there's no post-game stats menu, it just kicks you back to the main menu, mm. and it's just little nagging things right. that, it's not mechanically an issue, the game feels nice, uh, it's really satisfying to blow up an airship when you're on like a cannon or something, there's a lot of neat guns, the animations look good, just little things that are annoying, plus they have a, a cosmetic DLC store, mm-hmm. and 
I don't know, like, th- I feel like that's something that should come later, or I don't know. Oh, like there should be, like, before that should be in a game, there should yeah. be a lot of polish. Like, the front exactly. end should look nice. Exactly. There should be stats. You, you don't want to front load that kind of uh, nickel and diming. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand. Well, that kind of said something. Yeah, I did hear that they were hit by Hurricane Sandy and lost power. So a lot of things they wanted done before release weren't in there, in there working to get it in there as soon as possible. Oh, time. well, don't you feel like a jerk now? <laughs> uh, maybe hey, they should just come to your house. <laughs> it has a neat, though. Uh, the other day my brother was on, and the developers were in the lobby just answering any questions anybody had about the game. Very cool. Special names or something. Right. Uh, and and this also, do you know anything about what Air Buccaneers is? I was just that's the, basically the same game, right? But I understand, but more of a like silly theme, whereas um, Guns of Icarus is more steampunk serious. Air Buccaneers is pirates versus Vikings. Oh, that's okay. more of a Tom game. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> actually uh, in free beta. Anybody can go download it right now. Mm-hmm. When it goes official, it'll be on Steam. Plus that game, what Guns of Icarus doesn't have, Air Buccaneers has boarding. So you can jump on someone else's ship and sword fight them. Which, I like that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, so, and is it the same basic model in that a crew, in that a group of players is crewing a big airship and has to do different positions and whatnot? Uh, Air Buccaneers is the same kind of conceit. I believe so. I know on their uh, Air Buccaneers fac, it says like directly. I guess people have you heard of Guns of Icarus Online? Like, yes, our games are very similar. We are aware of this. So check out that <laughs> game. We're different though. So. Uh, all right, McMaster, when we play, I need you to just operate the bellows that pump helium into the blimp. All right? Is, so it, just... is it like Puzzle Pirates or something? I, I don't really understand. Is there like a mini game attached to each of these stations? Uh, no. So um, the engineer, there's, there's, I mean, when you pilot a ship, it's like piloting a, a tank in Battlefield. For, uh, and then there are emplacements on the ship that represent engines and the balloon and the overall hull. And everyone gets, like, a, a repair tool that they run over and they just smack it. Ah, uh, okay. All right, so, and McMaster, take this wrench and go bang on the engine. We're going uh, to be over here shooting at stuff and driving. It's like our Lost Planet 2 games, where I would run around putting out the sh- the freaking land or whatever. No, yeah, it. exactly. You're in charge, McMaster, of coolant. In and then you get to shoot everything. It's all. It's always the same. It's right. always. Exactly. And again, don't mess with my presets on the radio. I have those exactly how I want them. God, I don't know how much more I can take of easy <laughs> listening. And <laughs> don't forget the Opera Channel. We have the best of Kansas. Uh... <laughs> Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> uh, all right, let's then get into some games and news of the week. You, you know what? Before we start, McMaster, I just need you to come clean with us. Uh-huh. Is there anything that we need to know about any texts or emails that you might have sent to David Petraeus? <laughs> um, you know, the only thing I'll say about that is what an unfortunate book title for that to be your scandal. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I'm down with him. Is that what it's called? All in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's just good lord. You know, I, I think as someone mentioned, it's it's right up there with uh, the Jerry Sandusky biography being called "Touched," if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and not quite by an angel. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, so master, I just want you to know, if it comes out, this was your chance to come clean. If it comes out that you've been sending him these little flirty emails and that you guys have been doing some texting back and forth with that, 
this was your chance to come clean. I just want to go on the record as saying this is when you could have salvaged your political career. I was trying to get him to tend to my farm in Farmville. That's as far as it went. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, McMaster, let's enough about picking your strawberries. Sure. Let's talk games and news of the week. Jason D. McMaster, why don't you start us out with your choice for news of the week? All right. Well, I always bring a kind of depressing story. So this time I'm going to try to go the other the other way with this. Uh, our friend uh, Chris Gardner. Uh, has been moved up to the position of lead writer at Fail Better Games, and his first game that he designed uh, for Fail Better uh, fully is uh, now in Kickstarter, and you can play the alpha. And the game is called Below. Now, is so, it based on the uh, Haunted Submarine movie written by Darren Aronofsky starring Zach Galifianakis? I'm thinking no. Okay, because so there is I would probably play that. What? There is a, there is a movie called Below. I think it was directed by David Tuhi. Uh, Zach Galifianakis has a small part in it. It was written by Darren oh. Aronofsky, and it's about a haunted submarine. That's a true story. I uh, kind of want to see that. No, you don't. I really want to no, see that. I, I, I don't care what you say. This is is this it. the Orion Dino beatdown of movies? You know what, Rudy? Exactly. Exactly. It's hard to explain to someone that it's terrible and to then tell them what it's about oh. and then have them not want to see it. Yeah. So, you know what? Go ahead. Knock yourselves out. But so, Chris Gardner, <laughs> Fail Better Games Below is not... Not related to the Haunted no. Submarine movie. Okay. Then what is it, McMaster? It is a card game that he has written, uh, which, of course, is going to have some sort of elements like Fall in London, etc. Uh, but you take these different card game uh, quests, and you go through these different parts of the story, and uh, you are delving deep below the earth uh, and going through these dungeons and stuff and looking for treasure and etc. It's uh, it's pretty neat. The illustrations are nice. And the Kickstarter is pretty cool, too. There's a bunch of neat stuff that uh, actually spreads across, not just uh, uh, below, but there's also stuff like, you know, have your portrait and fall in London and stuff like that. Uh, so it's uh, it looks really neat, uh, and I really like their games, and I really like Chris Gardner. He's a good writer. So I'm, I'm hoping to see more of this. So, uh, you know... If you haven't looked at uh, uh, Fail Better's uh, games recently, uh, they're known mainly for something called, uh, it was originally called Echo Bazaar. It is now mm-hmm. called Fall in London. Um, it is it is the, the it is sort of like the old Infocom text adventures, but with modern day gaming conventions applied. And they were originally kind of a free-to-play thing where you could only take so many turns a day. Uh, you had to register on Facebook or Twitter and connect your account. They've left behind all of that, by the way. If you have not checked out a Fail Better Games game, uh, specifically Fall in London or some of the other things they've done, there's no better time to do it than now because yeah. they no longer have that, that Facebook tie-in. You can just make an account uh, with with them only. Um and uh, they've they've united all of their different games because there are several things now under uh, the title yeah. of, of Story Nexus. So if you go to StoryNexus.com, you right. can see a catalog of what's available. The Alpha for Below, which McMaster just mentioned, is is on there, uh, and it's a great time to jump into Fall in London. Uh, I, I, I cannot oh, absolutely. Recommend. They they also did a Kickstarter uh, before, so Below is kind of building on a model that they attempted with 
a, a, a game, a story, a standalone game called The Silver Tree, right. which, which they were billing as a prequel, kind of, to Fallen London. And in The Silver Tree, uh, that was written by one of the Fallen London contributors named uh, Yasmin Khan. Uh, in The Silver Tree, you play a Jesuit uh, 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 monk, not a monk, what do you call a, a brother, a friar, whatever. You're a Jesuit, and you're going to uh, to uh, the a Mongol Khan's uh, court as, as an emissary from the Pope. Uh, and it's this great story where you are choosing amongst the interpreter, the Khan himself, and his daughter. It's like these three main characters are the kind of different branches of the story. Uh, and it's just a great, smaller example of what they did with Fallen London. Great writing. Uh, it's more compact. It has a, a conclusion you can reach. And they did a Kickstarter for this. And their Kickstarter kicked ass. You know, they, they, yep. they did well over their, their goal. Uh, you, If you supported it, you could get into the little story branches that you would normally have to uh, use their, in, their, their real money currency to unlock. Um, so with Below, what they're basically doing now is kind of like a, a roguelike. I get the sense that that's what it's like. like yes, yeah, so, sort of. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because you, you end up like – it's like unraveling something, of course. You go through one dungeon and then you'll find different dungeons based on that. And you can go into those areas and uh, you know you have two different decks. You have an above-ground and a below-ground deck. You have to choose which one you're going to fill your hand from. Like you can heal yourself with your above-ground deck. You cannot with the below-ground deck. They just have, they have different cards and different kind of actions. And uh, – it's a. Uh, it, it has a, a lot of that cool um, interconnectivity that Fallen London has, uh, but it looks like they're trying to go for a more focused, like uh, story-based kind of thing. So it's a. Uh, it looks really cool, and you know, I like quite a few of their games. Uh, they're very cleverly written, and uh, you know, Cabinet Noir is cool. I loved uh, the Night Circus. It's it's amazing uh, how Story Nexus has just exploded. I mean, there's there's like there's a little when you when you log in, there's a page of it looks like maybe 12 or 15 different games, and they look like these, it's almost like perusing a stand full of cool paperbacks. And you're, you're like looking at the cover art in the paperback, and they have cool titles, and you're sort of like wondering, do I want a sci-fi thing or a fantasy thing? Uh, I, I just love the presentation of going to Story Nexus and, and choosing, okay, which of, these, which of these things do I want to dive into today? Uh, oh, absolutely. It, it reminds me um, a long time back. Well, they're still around. I don't know why I say this, but there's a company called Simutronics, and they made games called Gemstone uh, Dragon Realms. They were text games. They were giant muds, but they they had a kind of a monopoly on that. And uh, they, uh, they it's something similar to that to me. Is they're all pretty quality games. I mean, they're not like text-based muds you pay for, but uh, they're uh, really quality games, and there's quite a bit of them, so if you like the style, then there's absolutely nothing to keep you from playing the others. Right. Uh, McMaster, what level are you in Below? Oh, not a very high level at all. I haven't played much uh, of it, but I did play a bit, uh, and I, I've, I pretty much do dig it. I think I'm like level three or four, not that far. Okay, well, I need you to level up my Barefoot Friar for me. Can you do that? All right. Yeah, I think I can do that. So, oh, that's like the only one you can choose, I think. So. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, you have a list of classes, and right now in the alpha, you have to be a barefoot friar. Uh, Which so. makes sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, the Kickstarter for Below is in effect. Go support it. Uh, support Fail Absolutely. Better Games. Uh, support Chris Gardner. He's been a huge yeah. friend of the podcast and Fail Better Games. No one's really doing like what 
I, I, you know, I say no one. I'm sure that there are people doing stuff like that. I reviewed uh, one of those. Um, I think it was called Blood of the Zombies. One of those like choose your own adventure books where you go to page 12 if you want to fight the zombies, or you go to page 114 yeah, if you yeah. want to run. And it was wretched just because the writing was so awful. Because I'd been conditioned by Fail Better Games doing this kind of thing so much better with good writing. Uh, so while people have been playing with this format. I mean, not since the early days of having my mind blown by Infocom text adventures have have I really responded to writing the way I do with what Failbetter is doing. Yeah, they they do a really good job, uh, and it's uh, few and far between. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Rudy Basso, what news of the week do you have for us? My news of the week is that tomorrow, mm-hmm. 11.15, Star Wars The Old Republic is free to play. Mm, didn't didn't they close that game down? No, no, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Now you are. Uh, I think we could consider you a sort of an embedded reporter for Star Wars: Old <laughs> Republic. Uh, have you have you been sticking with it? Is that something? You're oh sure? no, I dropped my sub right before Guild Wars Two came out. Because yeah, me too. We my guild had basically finished all the content up to that point, and we'd been waiting around for several months for something new to do. And that something new was Guild Wars 2. So we all left Star Wars and uh, played some Guild Wars. And so starting tomorrow, you'll all be jumping en masse back into Star Wars Old Republic? No. Um, it really isn't very appealing for new players to come back with uh, no. the things they're, they're doing. I so, not subscribe, that is. Now, what can you tell us about their new free-to-play plan does it sound equitable uh does it seem like ea finally gets the whole shtick what what do you think of this it's definitely made to appeal to new players because their big thing is that you can jump in and play from 1 to 50 and play from 1 to 50 there's no cap at certain levels Mm -hmm. you can complete the storylines for all the classes oh so why would i ever want to put money into this what do i get out of that well, there's a lot of things that I really like. You can't do war zones. You can't do more than three a week um, unless you pay for some pass or something. You can't do operations, which are the end game raids, unless you do a pass. You can't wear new purple items, which are the epic stuff, unless you buy a pass. Ouch. Yeah. And so for me, I want to come back and play the new operation. <laughs> That's and- sweet maybe get something new, that's not going to happen if I were to launch it tomorrow. In fact, one of the things they're doing is like, oh, old subscribers, we're giving you the in-game currency for all the months you subscribed if you subscribe when you come back. I can't jump in tomorrow and have my 1,100 cartel coins waiting for me. I have to resub for a month, then they'll give me the cartel coins. Uh, oh yeah, World of Warcraft did that. Uh, did that little ju- <laughs> juke move on you too. Yeah. With like their, their 1 to 20 free accounts. Yeah, you couldn't, like, use mail. I mean, of like, course, like any free-to-play MMO, there's those, you know, restrictions on inventory space. And oh, yeah. Like that. They're still doing that. One of the other things they're doing is uh, you're only allowed to have two quick bar. Oh, oh ouch. Yeah. That's painful. In that game, that's harsh. Yeah, Star Wars is... You get so many abilities. It's and silly. It's definitely playable at endgame with... Uh, depending on your class, of course with only two bars, but it's just completely inconvenient, the things you'll have to oh, sure. for those two bars. Like, so, yeah, riding your mount, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Or, Little yeah. things that stick on your hot bars. Will yeah. Not, there's no, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, so starting tomorrow, uh, you can jump in and play a crippled uh, Star Wars The Old Republic for free. Yeah, I, I don't know. I do. I didn't. I played my smuggler. I enjoyed the story mm-hmm. quite a bit. I mm-hmm. thought it was neat, but man, do I hate leveling. And um, if you don't mind the MMO combat, if you don't mind that, then I encourage people to check out some of the stories. I know Imperial Asian in particular uh, is cool. It I is know. cool. I liked uh, Bounty. I mean, I liked uh, all the ones I tried. I, I had a, you know, Dark Side, uh, the Warrior guy. Uh, not the Juggernaut. Actually, maybe I did. The dual-wielding Juggernaut. Or not Juggernaut, but whatever the hell. Never mind. Yeah. Carry on. McMaster, we need you to uh, start a new Cantina Worker class. Okay. Oh, I'd put can we up. just get, like, Raph on here and see if we can get him to talk him into letting Dancing Wookiees as a class in the game or something? That was you, a profession in Galaxies to be a dancer. Yeah, I know. It horrified me every time. I, I could not help but make a, a very large female Wookiee dancer and just run up to people in combat and dance. That was towards the end of my Star Wars Galaxies uh, play. So. That is truly the stuff of nightmares, McMaster. <laughs> it's pretty great. Also, McMaster, uh, I just want to let you know you have found uh, a hearty lightsaber of the Womp Rat. Ooh. However, however, uh, 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 you cannot equip it until you uh, pay 1,000 cartel coins. Well, I mean, to be fair, if I'm going to be a dancer or uh, whatever, then uh, I probably couldn't equip it anyway. Yeah. Oh, I just did want to mention one other thing they're doing, which I don't know if other MMOs do that. Like, in Mass Effect 3, you'll recall that you could buy kind of booster packs. Mm-hmm. They would give you weapons. They're now really pushing these kind of booster packs with Star Wars. Oh. They will have unique mounts or unique pets, and they ha- those again cost cartel coins. They're like there's like a small pack and a big pack. So, well, now how does this compare? Like Rudy, I know in, in Guild Wars, one of the things you can buy with uh, gems, which there's a variety of way to get gems. The most convenient way is to just buy them with real world money, but you can also buy them with gold you've made in in the game. Uh, either way works. One of the things you can only buy with gems are these uh, collector packs of pets. And it comes with two uncommon pets and one rare pet. Uh, is it that kind of thing, or it's strictly a cosmetic, cute little collectible if you're invested in the game and want something aesthetically cute? Or is it functional stuff, like the weapons in, in Mass Effect 3? Right now, all I know is a video they released you know, specifically emphasizing these booster packs. And the right. two examples that the developer gave was this, like flying throne that you can have which would be a vehicle which what? has no effect on gameplay and then you know that little uh, monkey guy that Jabba has in his palace yeah, oh, yeah 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 you can have one of those guys a muppet so you get a muppet you get a, you get a muppet <laughs> you get a flying toilet and a muppet that sounds fantastic <laughs> <laughs> thank you EA <laughs> way to monetize Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, Okay, so uh, starting tomorrow, uh, come back to Old Republic. Isn't it interesting? I believe also starting tomorrow, isn't there a free program? Like, isn't Guild Wars handing out uh, friends codes that you can give to three of your friends and they can play for free this weekend? Isn't that this weekend as well? I don't know. Oh, no, there's a big Guild Wars event this week. Well, no, no, I mean, I think that's also fortuitous timing, but I believe starting tomorrow, the the event starts on the 16th, which I think is Friday, Saturday, uh, but starting tomorrow, uh, they are, they're opening up some program where your friends can play for free, and then the day after that program starts, Lost Shores begins. So, so Rudy, you're in with Guild Wars 2. Are you guys psyched about this Lost Shores thing? You know, 
I liked Guild Wars 2. I liked what they were doing, but I was just so burnt out on Momos from uh, from Star Wars that I just I couldn't stick with it. Um, what does your guild think of that? You're how, how, you're not helping your guild, Rudy. They felt the same way. You know, a few of them went off and played the panda. A few of them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's so good. I love how you put that, Rudy. They played the panda. Yes. A few of them the went panda. to Lord of the Rings, went back to Lord of the Rings online. And right. uh, a few of us are just playing other stuff because there's so many good games out right now. Right. Uh, so, okay, so Rudy, then I guess if you if you haven't kept up with Guild Wars 2, McMaster, what do you know about this Lost Shores thing? Uh, it's like a big event, a new dungeon. Um, I don't know much about it, though. Uh, I, I, I haven't read up on it. I, I'm trying to be surprised. Well, yeah, and I think that's the right thing to do. I think that's what ArenaNet wants you to do. They've been a little yeah. bit uh, cagey. They're very vague about it. There's no doubt. <laughs> right, but what they've been saying is it will change the world forever. It, it, it sounds like they're going to do some sort of a cataclysm-style event or gimmick, uh, which I love. But, however, it's only two days. Like, I missed – I didn't get to play much over Halloween, so I missed all that Mad King stuff that they did. I know, I really wanted to. I had to, you know, it's, it's the wrong time of year to be releasing cool Halloween content. That's all I'm saying. At Halloween. Yeah, yeah. that is a terrible release schedule for I know, I know. Halloween-based content. Yeah. Why can't you do it when there aren't it's that many games? Easter. Right? And then, exactly, do your Halloween content there when there aren't so many other releases. That's that's all I'm saying. So I missed all that cool Mad King stuff, although I do have, uh, McMaster, if you need any candy corn, I've got some extra. Um, I had a bunch, too, uh, and I didn't even go around mining it. You just kind of would get it from doing all the Mad King fights and getting fat loots while Tom wasn't there. I have some candy corn. I'm saying. You seem to think that I missed all of it. I was there long enough to get a couple of pieces of candy corn. So well, Sure. Uh, I mean, that's like saying you found, you know, a couple of pieces of confetti at Mardi Gras. <laughs> that's, I did do that as well. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Uh, so let's see. So, But this weekend, Lost Shores, uh, it's two days only. Uh, I've, I've intentionally made plans. I'm actually planning around, and my News of the Week will relate to this, being able to park in front of Guild Wars 2 for an extended period of time this weekend to check out this Lost Shores thing, whatever it is. I'm, I'm really psyched about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so McMaster, join me. Yeah, I might if I'm not out-leveling you in uh, Black Ops. In Black Ops, interesting. Yeah. That's what you think you're going to out-level me in. All right, well, we'll see. Oh, how. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I already out-leveled you in Guild Wars, what I got to do. <laughs> uh, actually, no, you didn't, McMaster. I see you have not logged on recently. No, I did. How can you out-level me with the level cap? You can't out-level someone who's level 80. <laughs> but, but you could keep getting points. See, That's not so. out-leveling. That's not what leveling means, McMaster. I'm sorry. I meant uh, incredibly more elite than you. Sorry. I, I guess that there's a, a slight difference. Oh, and you know what, McMaster? I'm sorry. You can't play Guild Wars 2 this weekend because you have to play your cantina worker in Star Wars Old Republic. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'll get my uh, my kazoo ready for the... You know. Get going. All right, so let's see. A little uh, below Kickstarter from Fail Better Games. Uh, you no longer have to pay if you want to play Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, or at least the sort of the fewer hot bar version. Uh, and then my news of the week, also this weekend, uh, what do you guys think about this Wii U deal? It comes out on Sunday because Nintendo loves to release things on Sundays when the kids aren't in school. It's uh, $300. Hmm. Um, you get a... Uh, a new Wii that has a, a gamepad with a touchscreen on it. 
It, uh, it's, it's high definition, unlike the previous Wii. It's backwards compatible uh, with all the other games and controllers. And finally, there are new Wii U games. Rudy Basso, will you be in line at Best Buy starting well before midnight on Saturday to pick up your Wii U? Not at all. Huh. So, all right. All right. I, uh, I forgot it was this weekend. Yeah, I did as well. So it sounds like you I guys... forgot it was this year. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys not so psyched about the Wii U. Why not? It's a new console system. Lots mm-hmm. of hot new games, right? Aren't you excited about the new uh, Rabbids game, maybe? Or the re-release of Ninja Gaiden 3? Come on. Oh, wow. Yes. God, be still my beating heart. The only thing I think that excites me about it is Bayonetta 2. Uh, no, sorry, that's not until I think March. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, so around March the Wii U will be released for me. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. So I can uh, I can sense a lack of enthusiasm, and I can completely understand it. Uh, I, I look at the launch titles, uh, and let me just run down the list here. Uh, so many of the things are just ports. Uh, ports of things that guys like us have already been playing: uh, Batman: Arkham City, Assassin's Creed oh. Three. There's a Mass Effect 3, Black Ops 2, Darksiders 2, uh, Ninja Gaiden 3. I didn't realize this. I was sitting there playing the Ninja Gaiden 3 thinking, oh, this is awful, and then realized this has been out. <laughs> like, this came out. For, this like, a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's They're see. releasing Black Ops 2 now? Hasn't everybody already bought it for everything else? For, yeah, unless you're uh, the 14 Wii owners that are really interested yeah. in Call of Duty. That's... Like, I mean, I think what that is, is they want to be competitive with the PS3 and the Xbox 360, is they have this idea that they want those titles available on the Wii, a competitive SKU that, that plays similarly. Uh, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Um, well, I don't know. How do you guys feel about all the Sony stuff going on? What Sony stuff? That uh, they've been having a lot of uh, issues uh, lately, and that the uh, PS4 is kind of... You know, the people don't know how well it's going to do and don't know if Sony will continue after that. I mean, Kotaku did a huge article about it, which was okay. Uh, but it, um, you know, there's just been a lot of problems with their credit rating and stuff like that, and well, et cetera, and restructuring. Huh. Well, we wish so, them uh, well. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't uh, but anyway, so let's see. Other launch titles for the Wii U Just Dance 4, there's a Scribble Knots, oh. Skylanders Giants. There's a Transformers game. Uh, there's a, a FIFA game. A lot of you sports aficionados like the FIFA. Uh, your Shape. You can do a little fitness thing on the on the Wii U. Who knew? A Rabbids game. I mentioned that one. Uh, I mentioned Transformers. Yeah. So so uh, uh, in, as far as new things, as far as the the reasons people might want a Wii U, uh, I can think of four titles, um, which I've played. Uh, and so I, I can't review these because the embargo, there, there's like, they specific, they give you a sheet that says, okay, here's what you can talk about, here's what you can't talk about. I'm not allowed to review these games, but they do say things like, okay, you can talk about the first five levels of New Super Mario Brothers U. So mm. I presume that means I can also say whether or not I like them. I, I, I could be on, on shaky ground here, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So if you're from Nintendo and you're listening, please don't. Uh, because I, I think I might break rules. I'm not sure. But here are four titles that I think are unique to the Wii U uh, that are, people might be wondering about. Uh, okay, Sing Party. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
So what that makes me think, though, by the way, have we really run out of names for karaoke games? <laughs> is it, is, has it come to this? Back sing, to basics. Yeah, sing party. All right. Uh, so let's see. There's a karaoke game. Who, whatever. If you're, you know whether or not you're into that, and I'm not into right. those. That's, uh, let's oh, move whatever. On. <laughs> McMaster, do you? Okay, McMaster, come over. I need you to unlock more songs and sing party for me. So, and please no do it. Please do it when I'm not in the house. I don't want to listen to anyone playing sing party. So I'm going to go work at Starbucks, and then you just sit here and unlock some of these songs for me, okay? Where, but who's going to do my uh, accompaniment? Uh, my, I have a cat here. He just Oh, God, Shadow class. Cat would probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, uh, I could just hold. And make sure you unlock the Justin Bieber song, Master. I kind of like that one, okay? Duh. Let's see. Okay, so moving on, Sing Party, whatever. Uh, Nintendo Land. So... <laughs> Nintendo Land. Uh, who's smirking, Rudy? That's not funny. This is a real thing. This is serious business. Is this uh, the one that has all those like mini games from all yes. the different Luigi yes. stuff? And is it the one that is? There's no internet connectivity with that, is it? It's it's local, right? It's all local multiplayer, but they're they are that's definitely cool. trying to stress. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's there's all kinds of downloadable stuff, and you can get like Hulu and Amazon. Prime streaming video and Netflix, like all that is on, is is built into the Wii U's operating system when you boot it up. So you know they're they're still wanting to be very online, but as far as I know, like there's multiplayer in Zombie U, for instance, but it's like a little multiplayer. I think it's like a mini game thing. I haven't tried it yet because it's not online yet. But uh, there's definitely multiplayer support in some of the games. Nintendo Land, that's not the case. It seems like it's just party games for people in the same room as you. Uh, and, oh, uh, what party games they are. <laughs> oh, jeez, a Pete. And there's a little hub where you unlock decorations and you can spend your stars that you've earned to, I don't know, whatever. I, don't, I mean, this is, this is a family kids thing. Uh, and there's even a, a there's like a Zelda like quest game and I was like okay this is cool I'll do a little uh, quest RPG thing but it's not you're just running around shooting the bow or doing the silly sword fighting you know whacking with the motion running running from Tingle or whatever his name is Tingle the creepy <laughs> the creepy creepy elf like Tom Ailes. no never mind okay sorry I don't know that he's in there uh, he might be uh, I haven't unlocked oh, oh I'm sure he's in there. So let's see. So Nintendo Land is there. Uh, it's like that Wii Resort thing, but uh, so far as near as I can tell, not as good. And there's crazy things in there too. That I, there's something called like Sweet Day, where I think you chase cakes and cookies. Or, or yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. I don't want to go into that one. It looks creepy. Uh, is this like a tool that people could use to lure children into their house? <laughs> I don't know if I appreciate that, Nintendo. Uh, McMaster, I think candy and cakes does not imply pedophilia. Yeah, but it's just you and four of your favorite children friends sitting around playing Nintendo Land. So I will say I did press some adults into service, and they they were not impressed. Nintendo Land did not go over well. Uh, (laughs) There is a thing where, because you have the little touchpad, and it's got a screen on it, so there's a a Luigi Ghost Mansion thing. I mean, that one looks cool if you have, like, five people there that are totally wanting to play it. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Even then, I'm not sure that that necessarily is the case. Uh, again, they're just little party games. Uh, there's, yeah. there's nothing substantial here. Uh, okay, so new Super Mario Brothers U. Um, I have no idea what to make of this. I've pl- I, it's it's just who wants to jump around as that stupid little plumber? I mean, why do people still want to do that? 
Um, I don't know, dude. You just totally alienate our our plumber listeners. I I hope you're happy. (laughs) So plumbing is a very noble profession. I'll just yeah. I don't know what your problem is, Tom, but I personally support plumbers. I want to support plumbers. I just don't want to support the. You know what? Fine. If you're into plumbers, this game will be awesome for you. And wasn't Mario originally a carpenter? Mario, actually, the story of Mario was weird. He was their landlord, uh, and he uh, he's a he's an Italian guy, and uh, he let them get uh, get away with not paying rent a few times and helped them out. So they made him the character in their game with his giant mustache. And then uh, I think he was a plumber anyway, but it was just in Mario Brothers, which was a game that kind of didn't make any sense as you and your friends running around destroying turtles' lives in the yeah. sewer. Well, it just seems kind of cruel, you know. But well, hey, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. Mariners. I mean, that's what that's what Nintendo does, right? They find an IP that's popular and just drive it into the ground. Well, right. They have like what Metroid, Mario games, Metro, yeah. Zeldas, out the wazoo. It's just that's what they and do. Then they it. have games that combine those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah, all right then. Uh, so yeah, you don't. I mean, Pikmin was interesting. I like Pikmin. The uh, Pikmin minigame, by the way, in uh, Nintendo Land. Yeah. Oh my God, it's awful. It's just like it's just like oh. chaos. Like you have you have one person is uh, Oliver or Olive. What's his name? Olifant, Oliver, oh. whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. is it? Is that his name? Anyway, you have one person is the astronaut who can chuck his Pikmins around, and then the other four players have to play Pikmins. Uh, oh, that sounds just- like. Balls. Who would want to do that? It's like, yeah. it's like oh, let, let's make a Star Trek mini game where everybody gets to play a red shirt, or even worse, an attractive alien, and then the person with the pad is Kirk. <laughs> so like you're just getting chased around. <laughs> okay, that's might not be a new thing, man. I need you to be the blue chick in this game. Oh no, you're not Kirk. <laughs> you stay away from me. Uh, someone, I think it was a. Denny Atkin. Uh, so anyway, someone in our forum who uh, who, who is a, an avid gamer and has kids mentioned he made a very good point uh, about the Wii U, which ships with one gamepad with the the big fancy touchscreen, and you tend to have some privileged role in the game when you have the touchscreen, and then everybody else is using the Wii Motes. Uh, Denny, and again, I apologize if I'm crediting the wrong person, but Denny mentioned how much havoc that is going to cause in his household. When the other kids don't get to play the touchscreen, like yeah, if right. there's only one touchscreen, if only one kid gets that privileged role, uh, that's just that's just an ingredient for for disaster, a recipe for disaster. Well, like. you know that they had to have sat down and looked at the material cost of that touchpad and gone, well, there's no way in hell people are going to buy extra controllers unless they're crazy and it's going to make us look stupid. So let's just let them use the Wiimotes and then somebody will have a good time sharing. But nobody likes to share. That's just pretty much how it goes. Sharing Master, sucks. If this is your way to try to to uh, pry this gamepad from my hands, it's not going to work. No, you I know. See, that's why sharing sucks because I'll <laughs> share. Tom never shares. He's so cruel. McMaster, just you, you'll play with the Wiimote and you'll like it. 
Oh, yes. I had a dime for every time I heard that. <laughs> uh, and then finally, so let's see, Zombie U, I think. So Bayonetta, of course, is, I think, the real reason to be excited, yeah. at least for me, about a, uh, a, uh, a Wii U. But uh, Zombie U, I know, has a lot of people curious. I don't think I can say much about that one yet, because that's under a fairly strict embargo from Ubisoft, other than to say, uh, if you're wanting to buy a Wii U for Zombie U, uh, I don't think you need to do that <laughs> at this point. Uh, and there you go. So I'll I'll have more on that next week. Opinions of Tom Chick are not necessarily shared by the rest of the cast according to three podcasts. <laughs> Thank you, Jason <clears throat> T. McMaster. Uh, just need that little disclaimer in there. All right, so there you go. Uh, that's our news of the week. Um, oh, also minor news. So while we're talking about uh, new stuff in MMOs, McMaster, have you seen uh, the information about Secret Worlds issue number four? I got an email about it. I have not looked at it yet, though. Uh, I was pretty curious uh, because I have a soft spot for that game. So. But Rudy, no, bef- please, please tell. Now, before you burned out, Rudy, on all MMOs, did you uh, did you take a gander at Secret World, or did that slip past you? Uh, I, I got really excited when I started reading into it, but uh, you know, when you're in a guild, you you got to take everybody, or uh, you don't go. Oh, so <laughs> it, it did. Had... That came out in the middle of Star Wars while we were still going at it. So I, I wanted to try it, but I I never got around to it. And if you hadn't squandered all your cred on the big racing yeah. dinosaur fight game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the the update number four, it's called uh, Big Trouble in the Big Apple, which I'm not sure how I feel about that title. Uh, it's it's it adds a ten man raid. Oh. Um. In in which because uh, I, I guess there weren't large raid like this is their first large raid there were certainly dungeons and there's pvp stuff with lots of players running around like it's like herding cats uh but i don't i guess they didn't have any larger raids in secret world i wasn't aware of that uh so this is their first 10-man raid you are fighting in ruined new york against a big thing with tentacles whatever uh i just have to ask yes is john carpenter involved and did he do the theme song uh, I don't think you escape, uh, if that's what you're asking. Uh, and I don't know. I, I, you know, I think that's probably... You know, Big yes. Trouble in Little China was the theme song I'm referring to. And oh, I thought you were talking about that. That's his band. Right, right. Well, no, John Carpenter, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he do the music in all his movies? He did A lot of them. Theme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, the, the best... Uh, no, I can't remember the name. Uh, they Live, my favorite, is... Uh, is uh yeah that's his music and it's all just like really terrible bass. <laughs> I, I own McMaster as a CD of the soundtrack to Escape from New York and it's all that like Cassio stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, I could be this this is testing the the limits of my movie trivia knowledge. Didn't Ennio Morricone do the the theme for the thing? I think so. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Carpenter who did yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a little too serious for Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a great movie, though. Yeah. Can you hum some of the soundtrack to The Thing for us? Mm. <laughs> Was that good? That's spot on. <laughs> Did you, uh, one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time is, uh, I don't even remember who to credit for this, but uh, there was like a, a lounge version of like uh, The Thing. It was just kind of a telling of the thing sung in a like swinging lounge version. It's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, there was also, speaking of hilarious, there was a, a prequel made about a year ago. <sighs> oh, God. I don't uh, watch that. Don't, yeah, don't, don't watch I should, it. but I want to. Uh, so let's see. So Big Trouble in the Big Apple uh, is, uh, it's, it adds a raid, it adds a, um, a chainsaw, which, which they had a chainsaw in there. There's a part in, uh, there's a little coastal area where you find a truck and it has a chainsaw. It's like one of those temporary weapons. You can only use it in the immediate area. And I think there's a little quest where you have to kill like a certain number of zombies in a certain amount of time. But just as they added a rocket launcher in one of the previous uh, updates, now they're adding a chainsaw as what they call an auxiliary weapon which is like a new skill tree, kind of. Uh, and I love the idea of this, but then watching the animation of someone just twirling around with a chainsaw, like, like I'm, I'm so accustomed to in MMOs watching someone slash a sword and just do points of damage, and the, 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 the enemy unit that's being attacked isn't reacting to the sword hits. Uh, but, but watching a chainsaw just banging harmlessly through a character model just seems particularly disappointing. Like, you would think the chainsaw should be cutting through things and lopping limbs off and, and that sort of thing. Um, but now oh, you... Yeah. It, uh, it suffers from that, like, MMO thing, though, you know, which is, like, I I like the preview for, like, the Elder Scrolls MMO, uh, but I just keep wondering if it's going to take out some of the actual fun of it being so random and so crazy. Yeah. Mm. All right, so uh, Secret World, Big Trouble and Big Apple. Uh, so that, that's coming out soon. Um, all right, so let's get to what we're actually playing instead of what we're looking forward to playing. So for our games of the week, McMaster, why don't you start us off, because I think you're going to steal my game of the week. I don't think I am, actually. Um, I thought about talking about Black Ops 2. Um, oh, you stole my game of the week, you jerk. But I'm not going to. Oh, interesting. I get it back. Uh, and I thought about just claiming the month of November as my game of the week, but I'm not going to do that either because it, that's that's not fair. But I have played a lot of like Fallen Enchantress, etc. My game of the week this week actually is Rock Band Three. Huh. <laughs> so there you have it, Tom. Ah. Oh, that, uh, that's all you have to say about Rock Band Three. <laughs> that's it. No, uh, no, I just, uh, every now and then I come back to Rock Band 3 because I enjoy listening to music, I enjoy playing through the songs, and uh, I purchased several tracks the other night uh, to play because there's still things being released through the Rock Band Network and through uh, Rock Band itself, and uh, still just fun stuff. Well, uh, as you know, McMaster, uh, Rock Band 3, not a game, first of all. <laughs> oh, uh, it is for me, I'm an expert. Yeah, and and second of all, um, I don't have a second of all. I just wanted to say okay. how to get. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, you've been playing some Rock Band Three. Are you playing? Yeah. Uh, what you uh, drumming on expert? You're saying? <laughs> no, I'm playing guitar on expert. Um, I will say, uh, you know, I, I'll give you, I'll give you a chance. I will tell you the name of the songs that I purchased. If you can give me the band, then you get one blood debt. Oh sure, easily Ooh. I can do this. Okay, can I get right. in on this? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, these are pretty softball. Some of them, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Heaven beside you. Uh, flock of seagulls. No. The cure. Blink eighty two. Ah, that's what I want to change my answer to. No. Oh. Uh, is it uh, Bush? Ooh. Gavin Rossdale. Creed. No. no. What oh. the hell? Oh, oh, what I know this. Guys doing uh, here? Kansas. Oh my god. That's it. You got it. <laughs> Mm. Remaster, no one knows what obscure songs you're downloading. 
Yeah, it's, it's, by this, it's by this little man called Alice in Chains. It's heaven beside you. Uh, all right, moving on. Yes. Uh, next song, Teen Angst, What the World Needs Now. Well, that's Nirvana. No. They that have a hard. song with Teen in it, so I was close. It was yeah. close. Uh, I'm going to guess Alice in Chains. That's my final answer. God have mercy. <laughs> Rudy, can you do any I better than I do? All right. Um, all right, it's a uh, cracker, which is the uh, band that. Uh, okay, I find that name objectionable as a cracker. <laughs> it's and... a, <laughs> that's a, yeah, and you are uh, no uh, as a David Lovering uh, from the Pixies played uh, with Cracker. Well, I and, think you should get right back in there uh, with the Pixies and play with those guys some more. I don't think you're going to know that one, so we're just going to skip it. Uh, how about uh, Dog Days Are Over? Surely you know that one. Led Zeppelin. Oh, for God's sake. They have a song with the name Dogs and Days in it. So, oh, Dog yeah. Days Are Here Again, actually, so I was close. So it's actually an anti-Led Zeppelin song, so it's like a post-Led Zeppelin song. I don't know, McMaster, that's crazy. That's a Florence and Machine track. Uh, okay, Manic Depression. Jimi Hendrix, duh. Okay. Justin Bieber. <laughs> How dare you? Rudy, oh. Basso. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Basso, obviously under 40. <laughs> uh, the Wind Cries Mary, surely, you know, you got that one. What, you, are you doing two Jimi Hendrix in a row and expecting yeah. to get it? Please. <laughs> well, then you'll, I'm screwed on the next few because there's a few in a row. Uh, how about uh, Jealous Guy? Also Jimi Hendrix. Selena Gomez. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll move on. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Yoko. John Lennon. Yes, yes. I win. Blood debt. <laughs> you go on, yes. uh, Mr. Crowley. Oh, please. That's uh, obviously uh, Tim Schafer and the crew who did Brutal Legend. Right, of course, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like ten points for you. Uh, don't Stop Me Now. I hope you're... Oh, I know who that one is. Oh, that one please. is... No, that's Paula Broadwell. No, you, you were right. Uh, Rudy. Uh, Two blood deaths. And then uh, This Charming Man. That's also Paula Broadwell. Or maybe it's Jill Kelly. <laughs> or the or the Smiths. Um, and then finally, American Music. Glee. There. Cast of Glee. Oh, God. Cast of Pitch Perfect. Oh. Uh, violent Films. So, uh, yeah, and I skipped over 50,000 Unstoppable Watts by Clutch, uh, as I just figured. We're just, we're just going to go ahead and skip that one. I mean, That's what I knew. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, of course. I'm sorry. totally would have gotten that one. That's... Master, let's get down to brass tacks here. Here's what I'm wondering. Why on earth did you go back? <laughs> like, what made you drag the guitar out and set up the drums and make sure the microphone is working or whatever it took? Look for the disc. Uh, what made you go back to Rock Band 3 here in this holiday season when there are a million six other games to be played sometimes i just like listening to fat jams so uh, yeah you know and like at the same time i do really enjoy playing the uh you know on expert level uh i can play everything on hard and it's i'm kind of in between where a lot of the stuff on expert is a little too tough for me but all the stuff on hard is too easy right so it's kind of irritating uh however uh you know and just being able to go through a bunch of stuff and just kind of sit there and kind of zone out and you know follow the colors along <laughs> so it's a it's a good time uh, all right uh, mcmaster i need help unlocking some achievements so come on right. over i want you to play the bass um, and play the bass just on easy and i just need you to rack up rack up star power to rescue me in case i fail uh don't use it until i need it 
I have done that many times for many, many people. Uh, not on easy, but, uh, you know, it's funny because you, you have people over and they're like, oh, rock band, I want to try this. And, you know, I'm always like, oh, good. So I'm always like, I lo- oh, look, oh, you love this song that I absolutely hate. I can't wait to play this. And uh, so, yeah, you know, you sit there and you just build up star power for when they forget right. the words and fail. Um, it's like being a support class in an MMO. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it totally is, uh, but yeah. The uh, and I'll tell you, there's mm-hmm. another secret uh, to why I like Rock Band so much. Uh, when I got it initially, I ended up getting it on the PS3 because it was so hard to find at the time. And uh, I don't play anything else other than maybe Tokyo Jungle on my PS3. Oh, it is a Blu-ray player. So like, oh, Monsoon. I, just, I know who does that one. Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tokyo Hotel. No, uh, but the, uh, but I, I just kind of leave the Rock Band three disc in it most of the time. So I, I have so many songs on it now after going through three iterations of the game that uh, you know I just kind of have. That's pretty much my dedicated Rock Band machine and Blu-ray player. Yep. Uh, Rudy, when you play Rock Band, uh, what 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 station are you on? I mean, oh, like guitar. What, guitar. Guitar. All right. Uh, what what level difficulty? Uh, you know, it's been a while. I could definitely do hard, I think. I used to be an expert, but, uh... Sounds like we're yeah, all on the same better. level. I think we could have yeah. a pretty mean, uh, Night Ranger thing going if we were playing rock band. With all three of us on guitar, playing somewhere between hard and expert. I think we're all similar there. Uh, very good. All right, so McMaster, uh, getting retro. Rock band came out, was that 2006, I think? The original, yeah, it was something like 2006. Yeah, Rock Band 3, that's an old game. It's been discontinued. Yeah. Uh, and so what? And they're still releasing, is it weekly, McMaster? Weekly? Uh, I don't think it's weekly, but there's still a lot of stuff coming out, and the Rock Band Network's got a, a pretty good chunk of stuff. Now, a bunch of it's just, yeah, you may have never heard of, but uh, there, there's some stuff in there that you wouldn't expect, and uh, there's some pretty cool things you can get. Uh, McMaster, are they still releasing new levels for Tony Hawk Ride? I would not know. <laughs> oh God! I think I even uh, threw that skateboard at someone and it broke. I can't uh, remember. That's uh, I think that that's what it was good for. It made yeah, it, it made quite a projectile. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So my uh, game of the week, which McMaster spoiled, is indeed uh, Black Ops Two, um, which I I quite like. So Black Ops Two. The odd thing about Black Ops Two about many uh, Call of Duty games, is it's three different games. So you've got the multiplayer, which I think is the, uh, I would say the least changed of the three things. The the multiplayer, you know what you're in for if you've played a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare. Uh, I like like a lot of what they're doing. I I like the new set of unlockables. I like the new limitations on building your class. Um, one thing that really bothers me, actually, really quick, let me get the room's temperature. McMaster, I know you've played some of it. Rudy, oh, yeah. are you much, are you much of a shooter guy, and have you played many of the Call of Duty games? Big shooter fan, not uh, not into Call of Duty at all. Um, now, now, when you say that, kind is kind of it, a different experience from Battlefield and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when you say that, Rudy, like, what's your like, what keeps you from being into the Call of Duty games? Uh, from multiplayer, I prefer Battlefield Three. Mm-hmm. Is the you know your modern shooter kind of a thing, right? And the single player just uh, doesn't appeal to me. Okay, it's really railroads. I remember I saw a video once of I believe it was Black Ops One, where a guy went through the entire level and he didn't even shoot the gun once. Uh, the <laughs> AI, stabbing dudes. 
Yeah, I did everything. Uh, At one point, to complete a cutscene, he had to blow up some barrels or something. Well, I'll tell you this, Rudy. If you ever want to see how to play Black Ops 2, just look up Tom's clips on the Elite Network. Because they are totally how you should play the game. (laughs) You just need a primer. (laughs) That is not for public consumption. I was trying to figure out how to get a screenshot. It's not my fault. That is the greatest highlight reel I've ever watched in my That's life. That's not supposed to be posted. I was just trying to get a freaking screenshot, and I'm like, okay, upload this. No, edit that. No, rewind, post. What? I was just pressing buttons. Whatever got posted online, I can't be held accountable for. Don't look at that. It should have been entitled, Tom Chick Dicks Around with Camera Angles. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I like the sound of that, McMaster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be a new segment on Quarter 3. Yeah. Well, I do like what they're doing with zombie mode stuff, and I guess they're doing a lot of new stuff with the new one. Is that know, right? hold, that, hold that thought, Rudy, because yeah. for the most part, I want to say that if, if it's a guy like you who doesn't like single player, uh, who, ha- who prefers the different kind of multiplayer Battlefield 3, I don't know that there's necessarily a lot here for you. The zombie mode, even then, I would say maybe not. But hold that thought, because I want to get to each of the three bits of the game in order. Okay. So, the, so the multiplayer itself, pretty much unchanged. If you're a Battlefield 3 guy, it's not going to bring you around. One of the things that I hate, 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 hate in the multiplayer that they've changed since Black Ops 1 uh, is... They now they're they're back to this idea of a score streak in order to unlock the cool little powers. Uh, oh, so what I hate about it, McMaster, is that it resets when you die. They had an option; they had a whole different set of score streaks where you could bank your points, and then even if you died, you kept them. Uh, uh-huh. That's that is now gone. And as someone who dies a lot, that's one of my favorite things to do in multiplayer: is get killed. I'm really good at it. I never am going to get to play with the cool score streak toys, and I want to because those are such a cool draw, it's such a cool part of it's such a a part of what's unique about the the Call of Duty games these days. Are you know calling in these VTOL strikes and the cyber dogs and. Uh, you know, there's a tactical nuke in, in the last game. Like, all that stuff, it's basically yeah. closed off from me because I am not good enough to stay alive. Only people who are good enough to stay alive for extended periods of time get to play with those. Well, see, here's the deal. Uh-huh. I think I think I could show you how to stay alive. <laughs> well, I know I know how to stay alive. I just don't know how to get points and stay well, alive. Well, see, but that's what I mean is that there, there are some tricks you can do. Like, uh, you know, in... Of course, like I always cheat. No, uh, in deathmatch, uh, don't don't play it. Uh, <laughs> just 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 cut deathmatch straight on out. And I'm, I'm one step ahead of you there. I got that. Part. All right. So as I'm saying, uh, my favorite mode. Uh, I think we talked about this is domination. Uh, and really, uh, Call of Duty is like what I don't know seven tenths Halo kind of combat, but there's also a touch of strategy there and uh, camping. Camping uh, may piss people off, but by God, it works. So if you pick just a good enough camping spot, you can nail enough people, and then you get your UAV. You fire up the UAV. You start getting points from UAV assist for people uh, shooting people using the map. At that point, you can just keep building up. And uh, I've got, like, tack strikes and stuff like that several times in the last couple of days just by being careful, staying back, and watching, uh, you know, a corridor. being a, a jerk, basically. Is what I'm saying. I've, I've gotten tax strikes several times in the last couple of days. <laughs> I'm my sorry. Name, my name's Jason McMaster. I'm good at, at Black Ops 2. 
I'm not good at Black Ops <laughs> 2. I do See, not have an over uh, over one kill death ratio. That's for uh, sure. Oh, good lord! I, I, yeah, I'm I'm years away from getting that good. I mean, I'm I'm elated when I get like .40 kill death ratio. I'm like, yes, awesome. Uh, well, I'm not so, like that. So, McMaster, I do feel that that a lot of the game is the stuff you're talking about. There's a lot of like situational awareness stuff. Like, okay. don't don't run up the middle of the map. I mean, I'm a guy who knows, you know, go around the edges of the map. I, I sort of try to learn which corners to to preemptively chuck a grenade because I'm going to be dead soon. Anyway. Anyway, so use them or lose them. Like I, I kind of know the basics, and it's just it's just a simple matter of I'm not good enough or cautious enough or patient enough, really, with the game to to play the score streaks the way they're wanting them to be played now. I loved the option to have my own set of score streaks where sure. dying wasn't going to take them away from me. Uh, so I, you know, I, I get. I'll, you know what? I'll just keep practicing. How's that? Uh, well, you know, and there's another way to play that's just is more effective than that. It just kind of sometimes it backfires, which is charging. You know, people don't know what the hell to do when you charge at them a lot of the time in that game. They, like, they, uh, they, they normally just freak out. Shoot at you? <laughs> yeah, normally what Rudy's saying, they shoot at me and I die. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, I put up a clip last night that I wanted to send you. I just can't figure out how to do it, which I thought was pretty hilarious where. I killed a couple of guys, and I come around a corner, and I'm, like, near their uh, area. There's, like, five or six guys there, and I just charged them. And I, I stabbed a guy, and then everybody else just started running. And uh, I stabbed several more of them. Uh, I just I don't understand what happened there, but apparently if you run at somebody with a knife, uh, they don't like it. Hmm. I mean, okay. that's... I'll try know, that. Okay, so I'm just going to arm attack knife and run around... And, uh, Not attack knife. Good God, man! Are you crazy? <laughs> I do love that. Yeah, that's an option. Hey, if you don't want a weapon, just put a knife in this slot. <laughs> it's like who's, who's going to do well, that? Yeah, why? You can just press the right. Yeah, anyway, whatever. I, I did. I posted about this, but one of the things that I love is just picking off UAVs. Like because right now in the level of game I'm playing, everybody's getting UAVs because they're, they're equipping that. That's the default one of the default score strikes, so everybody's got it. It's the first one you unlock. So people are popping those off constantly, and I just love switching to whatever secondary launcher I have and, and picking them off out of the sky. So you I get a lot of points. More delicious than that, though, is destroy care, a care, care package. Oh, I got one of those, and I guess I didn't realize. I mean, I knew. I, yeah, I, I mean, I should, if I thought about it, I'd have realized. But the guy, yeah, because the guy didn't get his care package. Yep. I love that. <laughs> That's why I love shooting UAVs, too, because it's like, yes, I got the points. I'm spending my UAV. Oh, shit, there it goes. But, like, and then, like, but the care package just murders me because you know somebody is freaking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing a game last night, and it's always amusing to me, the, the uh, not amusing, mostly aggravating, occasionally amusing, the way that people use their microphones. I mean, I've already been called a nigger several times. Actually, not even me. It's just people saying that. I'm like, what the mm. freak are you people doing talking this way in public to people you don't know, you freaking idiots? So, um... I, th there was one point I was playing last night where this, some players, they, you know, I stuck with the, the group because they were being fairly civil. They were just talking amongst themselves about the game, and they were trying to figure things out, and they were talking about which guns are better. And I love hearing that kind of talk. Like, I love being a fly on the wall in those kind of conversations as people are learning the game and, and talking about what they like and don't like. And, uh, I, and I was doing my usual thing of just shooting down UAVs as soon as they appeared. It was one of the outdoor maps to where whenever I spawned, I could easily just switch 
to it and pick off a UAV. And the, the topic of conversation was these people talking about how they didn't think the UAVs were working. They were saying, you know what, I just fired off a UAV and I'm not seeing anyone on the map. I think it's bugged or I think if you die, you don't get it anymore or maybe it doesn't last long enough. And I was just so delighted that I was making these guys think that the UAVs were broken because I was diligently shooting them down. Hey, what um, what perks do you use? Not perks, uh, I guess. Or, or No, it is perks. Yeah, what perks do you use? So there's perks and wild cards. Uh, so, you know, the perks are all in, in pre- yeah. like the similar Standards. games. Standards. Well, there are different slots, so they restrict which perks go in which slots. But one of the cool things they do with the wild cards, and I think this is new, is they yeah. let you equip multiple perks in a category. Um, so basically I just, uh, one of the things that I constantly die from is the fact that somebody comes up behind me and kills me and I don't see them. And that's, I know for a fact, that's how I get most of my kills. Uh, so one of the perks I, I'm really attached to is the one that makes you run faster because I know I'm less likely to have someone come up behind me because I'm moving more quickly. Mm. Uh, uh, what, what, what are you attached to, McMaster? What perks, uh, are lighting your fire? Oh god, I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's the level one perk uh, that just uh, I always take. It's a no-brainer for me. Is the the one that um, makes you not show up on UAVs yep. and uh, enemy mini maps. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Have to have that. Um, Alternative, Weapon Master, you can just shoot down yeah. the UAV. True, but if they do fire one off and I d- and I don't want to get say, for instance, murdered by pulling out my rocket launcher in the middle of a I don't know war zone. Um, uh, then, then it helps if people are like charging to kill a group of your friends and they don't see you. Ah, the good times. Right. Um, but also, you know, anything that with reload speed is, is a huge deal for me. So, yeah. One of the things I really like. So now let's segue to the single player. Uh, in the single player, there's a system now where you can equip perks and different weapons and different equipment, different grenades. Uh, it's not quite as detailed as the multiplayer loadouts, but it's that same basic approach. Is Before you start a mission, you pick your weapons, you put your attachments on it. Uh, I think you can even choose the camouflage scheme for the gun. Uh, you can pick perks, basically. Um, I, I really like that. what that lends to the single player. Uh, and I noticed that in the single player, I have to worry about reloading much more frequently than I do in the multiplayer, where I'm just as likely to get killed before I empty a clip as I am to reload. Um, but I love seeing that in the single player, where, hey, look how quickly I'm reloading. Look how quickly I'm switching weapons. Uh, so I, I'm very attached to that in the single player. Uh, so, Rudy, you mentioned not liking the the single player games in the previous games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Black Ops 2 changes a lot about the single player to where it's one of my favorite features of this game. You know, the multiplayer's fine, it's it's very familiar, it's 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 well done, I'm certainly enjoying it, but what's really uh surprised me the most is how much I like the single player. Hmm. Even to the point where I would say, you know what, if it's not been your thing in the past, this might be the time to try a Call of Duty for its single player game. Uh, so there are a couple of reasons for this. One is this idea of the loadouts. You're unlocking stuff, and so when you go back and play a mission, you can play it with a completely different loadout. A lot of the little minor nuances of whether or not a gun fires faster or does more damage, a lot of that gets lost in the, the crazy shuffle of action in single player and doesn't really apply. But a lot of the stuff has a huge effect, such as the little friend or foe indicators. You know, you can get scopes that put a little red diamond over enemies. 
it feels like a completely different game when you can when you can pick off enemies that easily. Um, you know the, the different grenades and explosives and stuff. Uh, I really like how that affects some of the single player levels. Certainly the perks. Um, they have a really cool thing where if you use one of your slots to equip what's called an access kit, and that's just a generic term for for hacking or for bolt cutters or jaws of life, you'll come to these points in the game that light up and say, "Hey, you got an access kit." Here's something special for you. And they let you open either a new locker or reach, or reach a new area, um, give you little side quests and stuff that you can do if you use that slot for the access kit. And that lends a lot of replayability to the different levels. You, you go through and you're like, okay, well, I want to see what I get with the access kit here. Uh, you know, Do I want to give up the slot for that? Um, furthermore, they're very replayable in that mm. something that was missing for me in Halo 4, scoring. They give you points. You know, they multiply the points by the difficulty level. Or they don't multiply it. They add a, a they dump a bunch of points uh, in your lap at the end uh, based on your difficulty level, uh, and they give you points based on the kills, the types of kills you get, which challenges you've accomplished. For instance, like if you if you each each level has maybe like ten or whatever challenges. Uh, some of these are things like you know trap a certain number of enemies with the animal trap that you can find with the access kit. So you want to go through specifically with an access kit to get the animal traps, and then you want to set them up for the enemies because you want to do that challenge. Uh, once you take the challenge off the list, it'll uh, it can unlock equipment for you in, in other missions. Furthermore, it'll affect your your score. So if you want to go back through and you want to really get a high score, the challenges give you points above and beyond everything else. So there's a point to do the challenge even if you've ticked it off the list if you're trying to get a, a high score. Um, so I really like that aspect of it, that each mission is uh, it's a scoring challenge. Um, now, they do something that really annoys me that Max Payne 2 did, and that is they make you sit through all the story stuff when you replay the mission. You have to sit through all the cutscenes. You have to sit through all little inter- interactive conversations. You can, actually, you can skip the cutscenes, but there's all these little things like like stealth sequences. Like, okay, now you got to sneak up to the base. You got to do the little vehicle stuff. All that stuff you have to do, <laughs> even if it's not adding to your score. Um, and that that drives me batty when I'm replaying missions. Um, but they also, uh, as far as the story goes, you know, it's crazy, over-the-top stuff. It's a little convoluted. But one of the things I love about the story is. It's a branching storyline, and you know I, I don't really care that much about the story. There are some cool things in it, but I'm a little intrigued. To you know, I find myself wondering, well, what if I didn't let that chick die, or what if I did this mission first, or what if I let this series of missions just go unplayed? What would happen at the very end? And they let you even rewind your progress if you want to go back to a branch. You know, they're like, okay, start back over here and see what happens. Uh, you know, it, they've just done. Uh, they've gone to great lengths to keep this from being something that you play once and never touch again uh, in the single player. Uh, McMaster, have you fiddled at all with the single player? No, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I rarely complete the single player in Call of Duty games. Uh, I think I finished Modern Warfare 2s. Well, there, you know, this might be one to try. They, they also, by the way, I feel less like. Um, Rudy, you mentioned the the video where someone you said he never fired a shot, and he yeah, the AI companions killed all the enemies. <laughs> well, because I thought one of the previous complaints was that you had to, 
like the AI would hang back and not do anything. Like you had to hit the trigger point in order to progress the story. Uh, he mentions this in the video again. He, like he has to shoot a barrel; it explodes, that destroys the thing block, blocking the way for them to continue. But um, when he'd enter a new room and there'd be enemies, he'd hide behind a bench or, or a barrel. It didn't blow up, and um, his AI squad would kill everyone in the room. So wow! He okay. moved up at the right moments. It was, uh, I think, it was like a mission in Cuba where they had to kill. Right. Uh, Am I <laughs> Well, yeah, that is a good, like, I wonder if that's a difficulty level thing, or... Uh, maybe it was. Because one, one of the complaints, and maybe this was addressed in, in Black Ops 1, was that uh, you had to be at the front, your bag, you know, there would be infinitely respawning enemies, and your guys weren't going to go forward until you hit a trigger uh, point. Yeah. And, and they've changed that. There's no more, as far as I know, I don't think there are um, any more infinite spawning enemies. Um, I sort of feel like, I don't feel necessarily like they're playing the level, but I'm curious now to try it to see if they will play it. But I do feel like in Black Ops 2, the other guys are moving forward ahead of me. Like, I'll find myself thinking, well, I, I, do I want to get a different gun? I'm kind of low on ammo on this gun. Should I just wait here and wait till they pop out? And then I realize, oh, my guys have moved ahead. I can go up there. Uh, I, I sort of get more of a sense that there's other stuff being done. Uh, in, in Black Ops 2. Um, I have a couple of questions. One's just a basic, and then there's a follow-up. Sure. Um, how much Russian is there in none, this game? None whatsoever. There's no offensive moment. They no no that, Russian. They give you that little disclaimer at the first. Uh, yes, they basically do. Saying, oh, we're going to be really edgy. Are you sure you're ready for this? Hit yes or no. Graphical content. Like They give you that little thing right at the front, but there, there's, really, there's nothing... Similar to the little girl getting killed by the terrorist strike in the last game, there's no counterpart to no Russian. Uh, there, you know, there's some burn victims. It's like horrors of war kind of stuff. But everybody who gets killed in Black Ops 2, who you see getting killed, deserves it pretty much. Uh, um, there, uh, you do see a skyscraper fall at one point, but you know what? Who, there's nobody in that, as far as you know. And then my follow-up question is, uh, A, did you know that Halo 4 is better? And B, did you know that you are crap? <laughs> I did want to recant brief. Uh, you know, I'll save that for later. I, I will be, stick around for the podcast, I will be recanting my Halo review before we uh, end. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so that, that's the, the single player, which I really like, the multiplayer. Uh, more of the same, but with some cool new changes and a couple of things that I miss. By the way, also in the multiplayer, what I really, really miss, and this will segue into the zombie mode, man, I liked that horde mode and the special ops yeah, missions in the last me game. Me too. Special ops, though, was kind of a modern warfare thing. Uh, so it's kind of like... You know how there wasn't really a zombie mode in the last game? Right. That, you know, it's just kind of like an Infinity Ward thing versus a Treyarch thing. Oh, Those I, are the special ops. These are the black ops. They do. Yeah, they do and, and I will say, too, that, like, to Treyarch's credit, I think they've been making better Call of Duty games than Infinity Ward for a while now. Uh, I just think that the Modern Warfare stuff, they they just have, like, a, a pretty built-in basic uh, well, crowd. 
the thing that I really that I most keenly miss, McMaster, is uh, in that horde, and it's not called horde mode. It's just special ops, but then there's a subcategory of special ops. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. It, it's separated from the mission based ones, which I really love. Those are my favorites. Right. You started a wave. You you were earning money, and you're using it to upgrade your units, you, your uh, yeah. your weapons, and you can call in helpful units and airstrikes. Like yeah. I, I really like that. It plays like an RTS in a way, in that you have to decide your opening build. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like that, and I feel like the the cool sci-fi toys that they add in Black Ops 2, because a lot of it takes place in the year 2025, would really make for a great horde mode. You know, I, I would love to be able to bring some of those into play in that horde mode, and there, there's no counterpart to that in, in Black Ops 2. Um, so, but you're right, I guess that is, so the, the Black Ops gets zombie mode, and so that's right. a whole new thing here. So, McMaster, why don't you tell us a bit about how do you feel about the zombie mode in Black Ops 2? Uh, there's a few different ones, uh, but Transit, which uh, to me is kind of the highlight, is, is definitely interesting, but the, the biggest thing I fear about that mode is the same thing I fear from all the zombie modes in Call of Duty uh, and a lot of the modes in any game, is that is it going to be enough content to, you know be able to hold people's interest for long enough. Uh, because, you know, there's, there's what, four areas in it. Um, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Transit uh, starts with a group of people, uh, a group of survivors in a bus station surrounded by zombies. You have to kill several zombies, and then you can go on and get out and go on this automated bus. And the automated bus will take you to... Uh, on a transit route onto to a diner kind slash gas station and then onto a farm and then finally to like a, a hidden research station. Each of these areas has uh, items you can build. Now I've seen some complaints about um, different things about the uh, items you can build, not showing up easily, uh, not being a guide to it or anything. I, I find it kind of an interesting part of the game, uh, but. Uh, you build these items, and they have different effects on the world. One of them, for instance, is you can build a turbine that can power nearby doors and vending machines. And if you've never played a zombie mode in a Call of Duty game, vending machines are ways to get expensive perks uh, for your character, like uh, speed boosts or more health, uh, instant like uh, revive once, that kind of thing. Um and, uh, you know, Tom and I built uh, a zombie shield, which kind of functions like the shield in Gears of War 3 and 2 and in Horde mode, but it kind of sucks. So, You'd think that that would be something that's useful when you're fighting things that are shooting at you. Yeah. <laughs> when you're fighting things that walk up and punch you to death, the shield is like, <laughs> who cares? Uh, right. So there's there's transit mode, which basically moves you through the different maps. There's a new grief mode, which is odd. Uh, the cool thing about grief mode is you get eight players in a game, uh, complete with all the zombies, uh, and the idea is they're two separate teams. Now, the teams don't fight each other. The idea is they're just in oh. competing factions. Like, uh, I, I don't know if it's always this, but the, the times I've played, it's the FBI versus the CDC. <laughs> or no, this, is it the CIA? I think it's the CIA versus the At any rate, it's like the government agents versus the guys in the hazmat suits. And the thing is, you're, you're not fighting each other, but if the other team falls, you don't want to resurrect them because your objective is to be the last team standing in any given wave. Right. 
Hmm. Which, you know, it's cool seeing eight players running around fighting zombies. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm missing something there, but it it just seems kind of weird. Like, it doesn't play that differently from normal zombie mode in that other than you're hoping the other four guys suck. Uh, You're just kind of sitting there staring at them, like, going, I hope you choke over and over again. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's, that's grief mode. You just, yeah, you wish them ill. You don't actually yes. do anything to grief them. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's survival mode, uh, which is which is familiar to anyone who's played the zombie stuff. Wait, I actually, I think in grief mode you can get, like, extra things. Like, you can throw meat at people and stuff like that. I've Ooh. heard that, at least. Ah, that's like, the Like, you can the sabotage them. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be, like, trying to grief them. Like, uh, I was talking to Chaplin, uh, Rob, last night, and... Uh, he was saying that he jumped in and played a game and that, you know, it ended up being a lot of people just kind of like leading hordes of zombies around and then jumping off a building so the zombies come flailing out towards whoever's closest and, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, it sounds like, yeah, people are just trying to find uh, inventive ways to kill the other team because, like, if you shoot the other team, uh, the bullet turns into butterflies. That does not kill people. Are they all just plain classic slow walker zombies? Are there any special? Oh zombies? no, there's. Uh, it kind of depends. I haven't played much survival or grief in this one because it really hasn't done much for me so far. I like transit a bit, bit more, but um, they are. Uh, they kind of like uh, depend. They are slow walkers. They are fast walkers. Uh, also, if zombies get hit in the legs, they become crawling zombies. And well, I think the answer to stuff. I think the answer to Rudy's question is no. There aren't special zombies. Like it, it's all. It's not oh. like Left for Dead where there's a guy yeah. that pulls you with his tongue or a smoker. It, it, they're all regular zombies, which I kind of like. Uh, but what they do is, as you go through progressive waves, they they're obviously giving them more hit points, which is a little mm-hmm. weird because the zombies that you were previously one shotting with your shotgun end up taking three shots, uh, and that just feels a little contrived. But one of the things they do, which I appreciate, is the the those horrible uh, fire dogs are now optional. You can I don't think by default they're enabled. I think you can set up a custom game and, and enable. are god awful. Yeah. Now I don't know if they come into later waves, but there's no longer the pattern of hey, in the first five waves, you're going to have to randomly at some point survive the fire dogs. So they they take those out. Uh, one of the things they do in transit mode because it's one, I think it's one big map, and a bus physically drives from place to place. It goes through fog, and if you walk out into the Ooh. fog, this weird little <laughs> bulbous-headed gremlin claps onto your head and covers your eyes and is doing damage to you. So I don't know that he's really a monster so much as a disincentive from wandering in the fog. Oh, Um, yeah. They're awful. They're really awful. I killed probably eight or nine of them once just trying to figure out where the hell I was in the fog. (laughs) But it makes me wonder, uh, because the the way the zombie games play out, and and, and Treyarch and Activision has really been pushing them, is they play as kind of puzzles where you have to figure out, okay, what do I do here? Where do I find this? Where do I need to go next? And it makes me wonder, is there anything out in the mist? See, that's what I keep wondering, too. Um... And I also keep wondering if they're, I mean, surely they're going to expand it, but I hope they return some of the older survival maps, because uh, those were pretty great. I really like the uh, powering up different parts, et cetera, et cetera, which Transit does some pretty cool stuff with, but it's not exactly the same. 
Well, and I also sort of feel like I don't know what Transit is doing yet. Like, I've played many times. I've seen all four areas. McMaster, you and I got pretty far. Uh, yep. we, we've gotten in situations where we hit a dead end. We're trapped, and where there's no way to get ammo, and we're, it's sort of like you fall down a well and you're dead. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something that we're missing, obviously, uh, and it keeps me playing. You know, it keeps me thinking, okay, well, what, I, I want to figure out what happens if you end up at the bottom of the research lab and you run out of ammo. You know, what is this really, have you just washed up against the end of the game and you're dead? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I like how it feels like a big, mysterious place. I don't want to go on online and, and read wikis about it. Like, I want to figure this out on my own. Uh, I, I want to sort of keep plumbing the zombie mode and figure out what's in there. So... Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm very interested in the game, but I just am uh, so upset. I always get so obsessed with the domination mode. I guess it's like a sickness every year. I'm always like, yeah, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get the COD this year. Who cares? And then like, <laughs> I'll see like some footage of somebody capturing a flag, and my palms will start sweating and I'm like scratching. McMaster, did my video make you want to play? Did it help? Yeah, uh, it totally did. I was like, wow, if that's how Tom plays, I can beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that uploaded. I was really just uh, trying to figure out how to get a screenshot, and I've uploaded video of me spazzing out. That's great. It's it's very pleasing. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I knew it, too. I was like, man... I wonder if Tom put something up here testing this stuff out. And I was like, yes. And I was <laughs> rewarded. Well, see, I don't know if you could tell, but what I was trying to get a little clip of, my first kill in Black Ops 2 was surprising two guys from the side. They didn't see me. I enfiladed them. That's the uh, that's the technical uh, military term. That's, I'm not saying what you think I'm saying, McMaster. I'm oh, not saying. Um, <laughs> you surprised them all right. McMaster, you surprised I am, the hell out of those gentlemen. <laughs> I'm using French military language, McMaster. I'm not saying what you think I'm saying. Anyway, I did that to these guys, and I got a double kill. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to put a video of that up on YouTube, and I'm going to link to it on the front page. And instead, I've posted, uh, apparently, I've I've put online a uh, video of me just spazzing out and not being able to figure anything out. What's really hilarious about it is it, I guess all that stuff you upload, like I uploaded, uh, I don't know if you have seen this or not, but have you messed with the theater and seen that it'll do like a, uh, a clip? Like That's a what clip. I was trying to do, yeah. You could upload a clip to YouTube. Like they've done that for a while. Well, uh, this one is like it'll actually edit an entire match's worth of clips together, and then you can go oh. and like remove clips that you don't think are cool. Like, I have one of my favorites cool. that it shows is that I've ran up and captured a flag at the beginning of the match, and then it moves on. So it's like, oh, great. Yeah, I ran five feet and stood there. This is the greatest action. But no, uh, you can go through and just remove crap like that. But uh, and it gets put on the uh, Call of Duty TV network thing that people can just sit and watch or whatever, and I think yours is on there, too. Oh, God. It said it had like several hundred views or something. What? <laughs> ah, how do I, how do I take that down? <laughs> I don't know, but that is probably uh, my favorite thing ever. Where's the delete button? <laughs> All right, so there you go. My game of the week uh, is yet another Call of Duty, which, in spite of myself, I'm really enjoying, uh, and uh, better than Halo. So there. Which uh, again, stick around. I'll be recanting my Halo review at the end of this podcast. But first. Rudy Basso, what do you have for your game of the week? I know it's come out recently. That's all I can sort of suss out. Uh, it's not Star. Is it Star Wars Old Republic? No, it's not Star Wars Old Republic. Is it an MMO? No, it is not an MMO. 
So it, it, some people might think that Guild Wars 2, in certain ways, is not an MMO. So I'm not ruling that out yet. Uh, all right. Is it a shooter? It is a shooter. Interesting. Is it called... Guild Wars 2. Uh, there, there are guns in that. Uh, <laughs> is it called Painkiller? No, it is not Painkiller. All right. Then I, I give up. What do you got for us, Rudy Basso? Uh, my game of the week is Natural Selection 2. Oh, mm, that got a six on GameSpot, I hear. Real, nice. Oh, that's right. They, I believe they pulled that review. You know, they did correct? pull the review. They did pull it the does. review, but Metacritic will not change. Uh, once a review is posted, Metacritic will not change uh, the rating. And that's understandable. Uh, I understand why they do that. But mm-hmm. it is now saddled permanently with a six from uh, GameSpot's reviewer, Eric Nayer, who... Uh, was not fond of the game. So, Rudy Basso, I, I take it you are fond of the game. Very fond of the game. And I think I read that review, and it sounded like his biggest issue was with the community, which... It also sounded like he didn't really play it that much. I mean, I know Eric, yeah. I don't want to say anything mean about him, but it sounded like he was a little pressed for time and uh, had yet to sort of figure out what was going on. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there, Rudy. So, Rudy, having played long enough and having, I presume figured out what's going on. Uh, tell us a bit about Natural Selection and why you like it. Uh, well, it's it, it's really kind of like Aliens meets the movie meets StarCraft. Like, uh, some yeah. sort of describe it. I don't know if you've ever played the first one. I think it, this is like uh, the first one, which was a mod for the original Half-Life, was almost a genre creator. I can't think of anything before that that had sort of a commander RTS view from above with players playing as the units. Uh, I think there had been things like that. Like, what, did Battlezone have an overhead view? Like, it certainly had some. But but you're right. I mean, it it, it was it, it it was unique. And even if there was something that did something similar, this did it with uh, multiplayer. Yeah, with, with multiplayer, yeah. it did it with the whole aliens versus marines thing, which people mm-hmm. kind of know. Um, so yeah, so so now they're following up with a sequel, right? And it's taken them something like seven years. There's this great article on Rob Paper Shotgun about how long and difficult the process is. They were originally making it as a source game. Then they decided the engine wasn't good, so they made their own engine. Uh, they were having lots of money problems. They opened up, like, you could pre-order it and get alpha access. This was years ago. And so a lot of people, that's how they kept going is those pre-orders from alpha and then beta, and one of the really cool things they did is my brother pre-ordered it during beta, and he was like, this is not very good. But after release, every single person who pre-ordered got a free extra copy that they could give to anybody. Oh, clever. Yeah, so that helped build an audience. Um, And, yeah, I just really like it. Uh, It's Marines versus Aliens. Both sides play completely differently. Uh, both sides have a commander. In the first one, there was no alien commander. That's new. Uh, it's you know there are resource points across the map. There are also other command station points. You have to move out. It's kind of like a relic RTS in that you can't sit and turtle. You're you're you have to move out. You have to attack. The goal is to destroy the other team's base. And um, yeah, I just I, I can't. Uh, it's a blast. I have a lot, a lot of fun playing it. So, uh, what, uh, what has the server population been like? It's been out for, I think there are two weeks now. Uh, is it pretty easy to find a good game? Absolutely. Um, I think the max is like 24 people to a game max server. Uh, I, uh, as, you know, in contrast to that review from GameSpot, 
or GameSpot, I don't recall. GameSpot. Uh, that was GameSpot. GameSpot. Sorry. Yeah. I think the community has been great so far. The first time I jumped on the commander chair, I said, well, every new player has a green, their name is highlighted green on the scoreboard. That way they know they're a rookie. And I guess if after about maybe five hours of game time, it changes to a regular color. Mm-hmm. So the first time I wanted to command, I said, hey, guys, you know, I've never done this before. Do you mind if I give it a go? And it was like a chorus of, yeah, go for it. Try it out. That's how you learn. That's how you get better. And um, In any other game, Rudy, they would have called you a fag. Yeah. I guess, you know, the, the core audience has been playing this for so long already. I think they're just really pumped that all these new players are coming in. And they're encouraging them to keep the community going because it's, it's been great. And Natural Selection 1 had a big competitive scene which they're, again, pushing with Natural Selection 2. There was just some big European finals like a few weeks ago or last week that was interesting to watch. Um, you, you mentioned that, Rudy, that the fact that they are sort of pushing it into the eSports sphere. Uh, what, that, what that says to me is that these guys are going to have to, and I think they're up to it, they're going to have to take balance very seriously when that happens. That's a good point. And I think that the game is very balanced. Uh, you know, I watched some of those pro games, and one team, they won as both the Aliens and the Marines. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Marines with, with the guns have an advantage of distance, but the Aliens are very fast, and ultimately, it really comes down to the commander and the, the strategy of the team. I think that uh, a better-skilled commander with a poorly a worse-skilled team can can outplay, outmaneuver, and beat ah. uh, a team of good players, but a not-so-great commander. And that's one of the neat things about commanding, is there's this kind of metagame where you you need to... I mean, in an RTS, every unit has the same health, does the same damage. In this game, you're going to be checking the score to see which of your guys is doing really well. <laughs> so you tell that guy, you go over here where I think there are a couple aliens, or if you have a poor player, you make sure somebody else goes with him. <laughs> So in a way, uh, there's like these hero units walking around, and you have to make sure you use them wisely. McMaster, we need you to stick with me. You got it. <laughs> uh, so how was your first time as a commander, and have you commanded since? Uh, it was good. It was it was fun. We won, which is always good. Congratulations. And yeah, I've been keeping it up. I think it's, it's really cool. The, there's this whole tech tree. You can give passive bonuses. You can um, upgrade so they can buy... Weapons. Now, the way the resources work is, for every resource nozzle, I, as the commander, get a, a point into the team resources. But each individual player also gets their own personal resource pool that right. they can use to buy new weapons or whatever. But you so, have to unlock them as a commander, right? Exactly. And I can drop them stuff. I can drop them bed packs if they're in a fight and they're losing. I can drop them ammo. I can drop them guns. So... There's a lot going on for a game that you'd think would be a shooter. There's a lot of strategy going on. I think it would make a great Tom versus Bruce if you ah. guys both jumped the commander chair and had uh, a game. Uh, McMaster, you're on uh, Bruce's team. Oh, God. <laughs> Rudy, I call you. Okay. <sighs> uh, by the way, Rudy, I love that. Are they actually called resource nozzles? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, they believe it's the nozzle itself is a nozzle. And it's then a, it's Harvester for the aliens and something else. A uh, resource nozzle is a slightly better term than a resource teat. That's uh, true. Slightly. 
Uh, so uh, you've done the commander. Uh, do you prefer? Have you played much uh, aliens? Uh, like, do you prefer one side or the other yet? How do you feel about the different sides? I like the Marines. The alien. Now that's another thing that's very Starcraft in that both commander sides play very differently. Mm-hmm. The Marine commander is very hands-on, whereas the alien commander is. It's kind of like if you were calling Starcraft uh, the way there was that kind of creepy creep going out for the Zerg, yep. like their land. That's really important for the uh, for the aliens. They place cysts down that generate that creep. That's gross. And, yeah, and you can only build things on that. So you're constantly having to build more and more cysts around the map, which the Marines can destroy. So it's very uh, territory control. Exactly. It's I love that. Yeah. I, uh, it's it's just a good RTS as well as being a good shooter, and I really encourage everyone to check it out. So here's something, Rudy, that I, I couldn't decide whether or not I liked this or I missed this. But uh, first of all, there's no free-to-play model. You, It's a retail package. You buy it. You've got it. You play it forever. Uh, there's no, you know, it's not like you jump in for free and then you unlock new classes. Everything is in your lap at one price, 25 bucks. Um, so that's not the thing I can't decide if I like or don't like. The thing I can't decide if I like or don't like, and I'll be curious to get your take on this, Rudy, there's no, um, like, meta game progression. You know, when we're playing our Battlefield 3s and our Calls of Duty, Black Ops 2, we are, every time we play, putting experience points into a bucket and then spending those to unlock stuff. And it ties into that whole RPG loot chase thing that we get from, from games like Diablo, Shooters have have used this to basically get their hooks into players. There's nothing like that, if I'm not mistaken, in Natural Selection, which resets everyone to zero at the beginning of a match. Am I correct? That is correct. But so, how do you feel about that? Like, I I, I wasn't sure if I was okay with that. Uh, it's different. How does it? How do you feel about that? I feel like the experience of each game is so unique that I don't have to fall back on the fact that I, I can get a new gun if I keep... Like, a game of Team Deathmatch in Call of Duty is probably very similar to another game of Team Deathmatch in Call of Duty in that you'll be running around and shooting guys and things like that. In a game of Natural Selection 2, you know, we might push one side really hard, and they'll... The, I, I just feel like the gameplay experience um, is enough that I'm not hoping for that, that unlock or something new. I you don't... Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't. It wouldn't work again with the balance either. Uh, it's. I don't know that new weapons would. Or I, well, I that I'll tell you, they might want to do something like, you know, Team Fortress. And I'm not saying new weapons, but just you know, scans, hats, that kind of stuff. Eventually, it would be good Team for Fortress to have something to chase. Yeah, but Team Fortress definitely has weapons. Like it definitely has sure. unlockable weapons that are better than others. I mean, that there's a huge component, loot chase component in Team Fortress too. Uh, that I would argue actually is a large part of what Valve is using to drive players to to stay with the game. Uh, no, I mean, that's uh, absolutely what Valve is doing. But I think what, what I hear Rudy saying, and, and Rudy, you've totally sold me. I like the way you put it. It sounds like the, the model for this isn't what shooters are doing. It's what RTSs are doing. And RTSs are key to everyone starting at the same level. You know, some RTSs have flirted with this idea of you can grind out things and improve your units and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're trying to hook into that. And I think RTSs are having trouble grappling with this model. Um, Age of Empires has tried, you know, Age of Empires 
Empires Online has done some cool things. Age of Empires 3, which McMaster and I had a, a recent affair with, uh, has this great thing where you, you unlock cards to go into your deck. Uh, and I feel that works well. But for the most part, and like you said, Rudy, in RTS, everybody starts at zero, and the way it unfolds makes for a different feeling match each time. You're going to use different toys in different matches and sort of travel down different branches and focus on different aspects of the map based on who does what, where, with which tools. Um, so I love the way you described that, Rudy, and it makes me think, yeah, this is just like every great RTS does it. Uh, yeah. I mean, just go to your example, I think of Company Heroes Online which is no yeah. longer around. Huge, I'm a huge, huge Company of Heroes fan, and I was completely turned off by yep. uh, by that kind of upgrade your unit to super unit and have him from the start of the game and just run over everybody else. So I agree, it, it is very RTS in its approach. Um because Company of Heroes, that's right. Like in a, any given match, you know, did you unlock the the air support branch or the armor branch? Did yeah. you do the the propaganda branch for the Germans? Like it, it feels like a, a different thing. And and which things did you emphasize? And and where was the battle fought more keenly? Yeah. Well, which I'll say that's cool, but it's cool for the commander. And that's what sure. I was talking about was you know possibly something to chase for everybody else. You know, there's something cool to be. A unit, while the commander tells you there's something neat about that to be part of a team, to be <laughs> under someone who's got it all figured out. At least you hope that they've got it figured uh, out. See, you, know yeah, you should just ask Tom. He's been a unit for a really long time. Well, you've been a tool for a really long time. <laughs> Uh, Rudy, you make me think of uh, of Loki standing in front of all those people in Germany, telling them to kneel and explaining to them, you know, what you crave is is you think you crave freedom. It's not good for you. You you long to be subjugated, and you know that's a goofy speech. But there is kind of something cool about this sense that there is an an omniscient. Uh, guardian watching over you in a game, telling you what to do, and you trust this guy to tell you, you know what, go over here. Like, there, there's something cool about being given orders by someone you trust in a video game. It's like being in a raid in an MMO where you really like the raid leader, and, and yeah. you're like, okay, I want to please this guy, I want to do my part. Uh, there, there's this that's an element of human nature oh. that when everybody's just running and gunning in Call of Duty, that you lose. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, that. Yeah, I mean, as part of, like, a team, I, I can see it being compared to, like, a Counter-Strike something, too, like, playing competitively, whereas, you know, you may not be in an overhead view, but, you know, you have to have a strategy, you have to have a certain way you go, you have to have people to make choices, and you have to have people that actually listen to you, because I mm-hmm. I guess that's one part of natural selection, is they really don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've People had an just issue. Run around like jackasses, but I've definitely I mean, had like two or three guys run around oh, like sure. jackasses while I've commanded, which is incredibly frustrating. <laughs> right. Uh, so I guess there. I guess yeah. I mean, if you uh, there is some just, sort of I guess yeah. camaraderie uh, component to that, and like some sort of like working together as a team for the better good. Pip pip cheerio. Etc. Uh, McMaster, I need you to be quartermaster. So hang back and just count how. Dude, how, how dude, many I'm rear master. We need to be quartermaster in the rear, and I just need you to count how many bullets we have, and we have some potatoes that need to be peeled as well. Uh, I am obsessed (laughs) with bullets. All right, so natural selection. I've really been wanting to carve time out for this, so I'm going to play that instead of that dinosaur game you were trying to get me to play, Rudy. Oh, Ryan, Donald Town. There's that other dinosaur game, too, where you get to be dinosaurs. Carnage. Primal Carnage, yeah. Primal Carnage, right, not normal Carnage. Carnage. Or the World War II one. There was that too, which is unfortunate that it didn't work out. Dinosaur tanks were pretty awesome. 
I like the sound of that, McMaster. Are you trying to sell me on this? Are you, no, are you, we are actually, you we briefly talked about it a few weeks ago, I think, but it's the one that, like, it was kind of weird because the Allies didn't get any dinosaurs. <laughs> Only the Nazis got dinosaurs in that game. I, why well, is that? What is, this, what is this game? It's, oh, it's, some, some, it's some failed dinosaur game. It's like uh, a, it's a multiplayer only like dinosaur game. Uh, that's but you know what, McMaster? It's okay that the the Nazis only get dinosaurs because only the Allies get nukes. Well, that's well, and that's historic. That's historical, by the way. That's real. Well, right. I mean, but we cannot allow a dinosaur gap. I, I just don't think <laughs> that we're we're ready. You know, uh, we can't have a mineshaft gap. We cannot have a dinosaur gap. Uh, I, I just don't even know what to say. Very good, McMaster. All right, well, it's time for me to now recant my Halo 4 one-star review. Oh, yes. Uh, so here's what happened. I, I When I wrote the review, I, I opened with this bit about, uh, I think, the third... I don't know, chapter, episode, segment, whatever. The third part of the game, you ride in this big thing called a mammoth. The mammoth is like a, a big old tank. Uh, and my premise for the review was how disappointed I was in this mission. And I sort of used that to open the review, and then I talked about how disappointed I was with the rest of the game. And one of the things that disappointed me about this mammoth, misshu, m- mammoth mission uh, was that, you know, it, it doesn't really drive it, it just takes you down a narrow canyon uh it doesn't really get involved in any of the fights you have to get off of it and do fights it's got a big old gun on the, the front on the top of it you never get to shoot it because there's a similar mission in lost planet 2 and boy do you shoot that gun you know that gun figures <laughs> so prominently there's a couple of things like that in lost planet 2 and it always puts you in the seat of whatever big ass gun is in the mission and it makes you shoot it at some big ass worm or dragon or whatever um so that was one of the things I was disappointed in in this third mission in, in Halo 4, is that you don't get to shoot the gun. Well, it turns out you actually do get to shoot the gun. Oh. And it turns out I actually did shoot the gun and didn't even know I was shooting the gun. So basically it turns out that my whole opening paragraph w- was was founded on me not noticing something that happened. So what happens in that bit of Halo is that you pick up a, a targeting laser thingy, and you're supposed to shoot it, you're supposed to aim it at a big old ball in the sky, uh, and then something shoots at the ball in the sky and it blows up. I I had no idea that I was using a targeting laser for the mammoth's gun, because I was busy playing freaking Halo. It makes you fight elites and all the little grunts and whatnot. You're doing all that stuff, and then someone is yelling at you, the little voiceover, shoot the targeting laser at the ball. You know, you get that little voiceover thing, and so I shot the targeting laser at the ball, and then I went back fighting Covenant, whatever, and then I got on the mammoth and rode to the next section, and I thought I never was shooting the gun. But it turns out, yeah, that gun is shooting at that point. Uh, They don't do a good job of highlighting it. In fact, uh, you get an achievement when you finish a mission in, in Halo, each of the, I think, 12 missions. For whatever reason, I do not have the achievement for that third mission. Uh, and I think it's because I played partway through it, and then I stopped at a checkpoint and, and quit playing the game for the night. And then I came back and I played through it cooperatively with a friend of mine. Uh, and I think he might have been actually shooting the targeting thing, so I didn't even know that was going on. And I finished the mission that way and just never got credit for it. So if you look at my achievements, it looks like I've never even played that mission. Uh and furthermore, the mammoth gun does fire. I was wrong. I now give Halo 4 
uh, 1.1 stars. So, I mean, in the, in the, nice. In the, uh, in the form of, uh, a Ken Burns documentary, I would like to say, Dearest Thomas, you are a fag. (laughs) (laughs) From the internet. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, that's, that's gonna be a huge, uh, conspiracy. Well, I think that's the only valuable thing I've gotten from a lot of those angry comments is people saying, you retard, you do shoot the gun. And so I went back and I was like, oh, this targeting laser is making the gun fire. All right, fair enough. You guys got me. Good point. Uh, it sounds like semantics like that. You shoot the gun, but you don't really shoot the Well, that's the thing. I feel, I mean, my, my point of comparison is Lost Planet, where you have to sit in the cockpit of this gun and you tool it around. And, and someone in the in, in the train level, someone has to load the gun. Uh, you know, the gun is like, it, and it's a big, powerful experience here you don't even see it like i I had no idea it was even firing i i literally thought that the targeting laser was for a ship in orbit around you because they make a big deal of the infinity that's like your base ship so i thought the targeting laser like the infinity was doing some you know orbital laser attack or, or, or something well yeah it's like uh i guess the only comparison i can think of is like the hammer of dawn from uh, yeah, years before but you know what yeah. That they do a cool visual thing where you see sure, the on the down, ground, see yeah. it focusing, and then you see the huge beam, an orange mm-hmm. beam coming from from space. So I feel like it, it's forcing you to stare at the point and wait for the beam to fire. Uh, whereas here, I don't, I, I don't even really remember how it worked. You have to like equip the designator, and I think you just pop it off, and then you can go off and do whatever you're doing, and the ball blows up. Uh, I, I just feel it's an example of of, of a missed opportunity for spectacle. Uh, and I was expecting spectacle when I saw that that mammoth because it's a spectacular looking vehicle. You know, I, sure. I love the look of that thing. So, well, all right. So yes, my pastor. I was going to say uh, after your uh, Halo recanting, uh, I will I, I have to go on record by saying I actually like the ending of Assassin's Creed Three. All right. So uh, are you boosting oh. its score? No, I, I like its score. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, for your own purposes. Like, are you going from five stars to 5.1 stars? Given- oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to 5.1 and a half. Right. I did want to say that, you know, I listened to the podcast last week, and you guys were wondering if anyone bought the uh, Assassin's Creed for just the multiplayer. Yes, I bought both Brotherhood and Revelation just for the multiplayer. Well, so, Rudy, your job, your job is two-thirds finished. What's, uh, come on, you had a week off of work. Uh, well, I pre-ordered it for PC. It's not is there a, is there a date on that yet? I think it is also the twentieth, same as Planet yeah. Side Two. Wait a minute, that's awfully quick. I was expecting it would be like a year later or something. No, they've been doing like a month later for a few releases. It's mm. kind of weird. Very excited, Rudy. You're going to have such a great time with the Wolf Pack yeah. and, and the multiplayer. And, uh, I'm going to play the single player on this one because the ship stuff looks so neat. You know, uh, what, when you say you're going to play the single player, my response to that is, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool single player. I like just about all of it. Yeah. I can say, awesome! I'm really excited for it. All right, so uh, there we go. That's our news of the week, our games of the week, uh, and uh, no sign of letting up. A bunch of Wii U stuff. Uh, you'll be hearing more about that, I guess. I'll be talking some Zombie U next week. McMaster will let us know uh, what level his quartermaster in Star Wars Old Republic has reached. Uh, yes. McMaster, we need you to make sure the back room of the cantina is uh, is stocked with uh, Sappho juice. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. 
<laughs> Rudy, thank you for hanging out with us uh, again. It's it's always nice to talk to you. Uh, maybe I don't know if it's premature to tease this, and I don't want to lock you into anything. But if mm-hmm. you're listening, uh, I think you can expect some cool stuff from Rudy coming up on the front page. Again, don't want to pressure anyone, but uh, Rudy, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, no, it's definitely happening, and right now I'm hoping for next week. Uh, I'm progressing pretty quickly, so. Can I Hopefully tease Monday. it? Can I, can please. I, okay, please I will tease. tease it by saying it involves sex and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so if those are two things you like, stay tuned to quarter to three. Uh, mm. All right, so Rudy, thank you for being here uh, this week, uh, and I look forward to hearing more about you from uh, Assassin's Creed. Theme. That makes me want to get yep. it on the PC to play, because I bet it looks awesome on the PC. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, let me know if you guys want to play some Natural Selection 2 or Guns of Icarus Online, because I'm more than down for both of those. All right, good. I definitely want to explore. I intend to explore some uh, Natural Selection at some point. I will drag McMaster yeah, with me. Too. And just remember, Rudy, when you give me orders, just I'll make sure McMaster stays with me. He's going to be a li- He'll be a bit of a liability to us, but I'll keep <laughs> on him. I'm a wild card. <laughs> All right, so there we go. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, and uh, we will see everyone here next week. McMaster, let me try uh, to see if I can beat you at your own game. Name the performer. When they kick at your front door, uh, you can't do it. In sync. Oh, Rudy. I have I can't. No. Actually, I don't believe you. You've got to please tell me you're pulling my leg, McMaster. Oh, no, no, McMaster, you're so disappointing me. Come on, dude. You've seen the Pixies more often than I have, and you don't know who this is? Rudy, Rudy, you've got to know who this is. Backstreet Boys? Rudy, you're killing me over here. It's not like the... Under 40. The Happy Mondays? uh, I I don't know, Tom. Oh, I'm so disappointed in both of you. You've both broken (laughs) my heart. This is one of the finest albums of the 20th century. Fire it up. What is Uh, it? You know what? I'm not even going to tell you. It's not me. <laughs> I got internet.